Hey there, guys, and welcome back to the Travis and Damien podcast, episode 128. You can listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, YouTube, and more. Today, we are talking about Sonic Dream Team, Insomniac Games, Jonathan Majors, and our top games of 2023, and more. Uh, before we get started with today's show, I want to address the attack that happened on Insomnia Games. This was not a simple leak of information, but rather a group went out of their way to gather this info from the studio and used it against them. Insomnia had to make a choice, pay up or have the information released. They decided against the against paying the sum of money and resulted in the information being released that is now online. Not only were their upcoming projects leaked, but also personal and sensitive information was released. Because of the nature of this attack, just like Kind of Funny Games, we will not be covering it on the Travis Damien podcast today, and we'll frame ourselves from talking about the leaks until Insomniac Games are ready to show us. And before anyone jumps to conclusions and saying we're playing favorites, yes, we have talked about other leaks in the past, such as the massive Xbox leak, but that was not an outside group maliciously attacking the company. This was a breach of security where a terabyte amount of data was stolen and leaked online. This matter should be taken seriously, and we are trying our best to move accordingly. Yeah, so basically this leak was like really, really big. Um, You know, we've seen a bunch of other massive leaks. Like the NVIDIA leak was also like a massive leak for um, a bunch of different companies. Same with the Capcom leak that happened like a few, like I think a year or two ago as well, which is also pretty bad. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I've never seen something as bad as this. Um, You know, this is like... A lot of stuff that was leaked. And again, the personal information stuff, that's also a whole can of worms as well. Um, so, yeah, I think it's best we just try to stay away from it for now, uh, like until Asaniac maybe says a statement or something. Uh, again, they've been quiet at the moment, just like dealing with the situation at hand, uh, which is, you know, how they should be doing it. So, um, but yeah, the severity of the leaks have been probably the worst I've ever seen. And I feel like it's not right to like really talk about it. Um, you know, like we said, we talked about the leaks in the past. But uh, I feel like those are either one thing or like maybe a few things. This one's like a totally different scale of um, of leak. So um, yeah, we're just gonna try our best to stay away from it, uh, not really talk about it after this point until Osaniak like says so. Uh, so yeah, <laughs> we're we definitely not going to talk about this. Yeah, and uh, you can call us hypocrites all you want, but uh, this is just how we feel and how we feel like we should move forward uh, when it comes to talking about it on this show in particular. Uh, um, I also do feel like, you know, we probably will look into leaks and how they get leaked, like, in the future at this point. Like, I feel like it's more like a, I guess, like, an innocent leak, like, you know, like, oh, some behind-the-scenes stuff that, like, is, like, a picture. I think that's okay. But I feel like, you know, if it's, like, a ransomware attack, which seems to be happening a lot more lately, Mm -hmm. uh, then, yeah, I think we'll try our best to, like, really look into it, make sure nothing, like, was, like, horribly wrong like this, and then just, like, not talk about it. So, yeah, that's probably going to be our stance on leaks going forward. Yeah, just make sure that we are tackling them in a way that is ethical and sort of, uh, or maybe not ethical, but just like make sure that other people Tasteful, aren't getting guess, yeah. harmed. Yeah, uh, other people aren't getting caught in the crossfire of also like upcoming projects and sort of like what's to come in the future also getting out there or whatever. So mm-hmm. without further ado, let's get into the first part of the show, which is our discussion on Sign Dream Team. We recorded this part of the episode last week because we had a special guest on the show, Fernando. He's a good friend of mine who also loves Sonic. So it's about 40 minutes long. So if you want to skip it, uh, just skip to 40 minutes from now and we'll get into our other recent activities. All right, so now we're going to talk about Sonic Dream Team. This is the newest Sonic game that has been released on Apple Arcade exclusively. And for this part of the show, we have a special guest. Uh, He goes by Fern, uh, and I will let him talk about himself for a little bit before we get into it. Cool. Thank you. Uh, Excited to be here. My name is Fernando. Um, Yeah, I'm a huge Sonic lover, have been for my whole life, basically. 
Um, I do music primarily um, for almost half my life now, so that's kind of what I do creatively and, you know, just what I'm, you know, usually doing, but uh, but I love Sonic and I love video games, and it's not often I get to have some discussions with people who love the same stuff in that regard, too, <laughs> so I'm excited to, to be joining today and talking about it. All right, cool, and uh, I know Fern through a uh, mutual person, uh, my cousin, more, in, more specific, but uh, uh, Fern, what are your recent opinions on uh, just uh, <coughs> Sonic Superstars and Sonic Frontiers, to be exact, just so our viewers get an idea of how you feel about the Blue Hedgehog? Um, Frontiers, I liked a lot. I, I picked it up the first day it came out. I ran to Best Buy right after work, and I grabbed a copy. I played it on Switch at the time just because that's that's all I had, but I wish I was able to do it on, on PS5 now. I just got over the summer, so um, I've been playing that a lot. But I thought Frontiers was good. Um, it it was it was what I was looking for just from all like the hype that it kind of you know was was building and stuff. And um, you know overall, I, I thought it was fun. There was definitely some stuff that you know I think could be uh, improved upon, but but overall, I thought it was cool. Um, I'm a huge fan of just 3D over, over 2D personally with Sonic. I love the 2D stuff, but Superstars, I, I also picked up, you know, launch day. I got through a majority of it, but I didn't actually finish it. Um, <laughs> I'll, I'll get to it eventually, but I'll be honest, you know, I'm, I'm definitely more of like a 3D guy. Um, but, but Superstars, it was cool. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll get back to it, but, but, you know. Yeah. I mean, me and David, I, I think me and him are also the same where we like the 3D games more mm-hmm. and Superstars is definitely something special i will say um yeah like (laughs) it's it's a good game it's a good game superstars is good uh just towards the later half of it it could get a bit it could get a bit much with some aspects but uh yeah either way it's been a pretty good year for sonic you know there's been a lot of content uh releasing over the last like year basically it's like superstars the uh frontiers dlc and now uh sonic dream team so you know it's been pretty good for sonic oh and sonic (laughs) prime as well oh of course Mm -hmm. of course all yeah. right, so let's talk about uh, Sonic Dream Team. Uh, I will start off real quick with my first impressions. I was very much surprised by how well this game ran on my iPhone 13. I was just like, wow, like this actually like works. You know, it's it's really fun. It looked pretty cool, uh, also, and you know, it's just like it's just like a Sonic game that I feel like that I've wanted for a while. Even though Sonic Frontiers was like a nice transition into the open world formula we haven't had like a 3d 3d sonic game in a while so i mm-hmm. think that this really scratched that itch for me personally yeah um yeah, do you want to go fern uh you go first okay so yeah my, my first initial impressions were also like very positive like um just like you said chavis like having you know frontiers is more like its own thing at this point like it's just this open world game um trying a bunch of new stuff and uh, you know i really appreciate for what it was doing but um i feel like this game is like really <laughs> kind of what i want mm-hmm. uh, and you know just like this 3d sonic game that just feels really good um and honestly like the biggest downside of it is on mobile <laughs> so more people can't play it um you know, right now it's only on iOS as well. Like it's not on Android, and probably never will be. <laughs> I'm, mm-hmm. I'm hoping for some console ports, but um, I was very, very impressed with this game and just like of, like how much I like kind of missed this sort of gameplay style for Sonic being more of like the um, sort of feel it's like a mix of the boost formula and adventure style. So yeah, I I, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I, I would say all the same stuff too. I I didn't think I was gonna have as much fun with it as when I did, but you know, immediately upon playing it, you know, it was it was just you know. It almost kind of was like, you know, I didn't have to put too much like thought into it. Like, you know, you get just dropped in really quick. You know, the levels for the most part were, you know, pretty fast, you know, uh, you know, clear cut um, object uh, objectives and stuff to do. So I thought that was, you know, really fun, really easy just to get into. 
um, you know, had a good level between, like, the boost, but also kind of, like, the exploration kind of, you know, um, of, of mix, and, um, yeah, no, I, I, I was surprised, and when I, when I heard that the Apple Arcade was going to be having something like this, like a Sonic exclusive, whatever, I was kind of just like, oh, let's see what that's about, but <laughs> it was, I was def- pleasantly surprised, you know, in the end, for sure. Yeah, because uh, for me and Damien, this is our first time using Apple Arcade, from my understanding, mm-hmm. Fern, you've actually used it before, to a certain extent. I- I've had it for a little bit. I've played like a handful of games, but that's about it, you know. But this is the first one I've probably in this like week and a half or whatever it's been out. This is like the most I've probably played any exclusive, you know, uh, arcade games. I guess you could say so. I hear you. I hear you. All right, so uh, I guess we'll first get into the story, which I think is like the, probably the quickest part we're gonna talk about. You know, I think I think it was fine. You know, I I really did like REM as like a new character. You know, Sonic just keeps adding these new fucking characters every single goddamn game. <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, but you know. R.E.M. is pretty cool. She has a really nice design and she fits in with this narrative that they're trying to go for with the whole dreams and everything. Um, but yeah, you know, it's pretty simple. Sign versus Eggman stuff. No real complaints here. Yeah, I, I mean, I was kind of expecting like nothing like too crazy. Like I wasn't expecting like, you know, Frontier's levels of like, um, I guess like deep, well, deep storytelling, I guess, <laughs> whatever. Uh, or something more with the adventure style of storytelling was like, you know, there's more stuff going on. Um, you know, this feels very much more like Sonic Heroes or whatever. Uh, honestly, the whole game kind of gives like Sonic Hero vibes a bit just from like the, uh, from like the vibe of it. Um, but yeah, the story was fine. You know, yeah, again, it's just another Sonic versus Eggman thing. Uh, Ari was cool. You know, I doubt we'll ever see her again. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> like maybe if they do a sequel to this game, which would be kind of cool. But um you know, I think it served its purpose just to get the plot along. You know, it was nice to hear, like, all the characters doing their usual stuff. Um, but, yeah, I thought the story was passable. Again, not really what you're playing it for, but uh, I think it, it, it put more effort into it than I thought it would. So that's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I agree with Damien. You know, it, it's exactly what I, I figured it was going to be. You know, I like you said, it, it wasn't really what I was playing it for. You know, I was going into it for, you know, the gameplay and what that was going to be and stuff, which... You know, I, I took like that and it was good, you know, for, for what it needed to be for the story that, you know, also wasn't like a super long game it wasn't meant to be that anyway. So mm-hmm. for, for, for what it needed to be in the time that it needed to be and, you know, what it wanted to get done, I thought it was perfectly fine. Yeah, I mean, I mean, that's like a perfect transition that we could talk about the gameplay. Obviously, this was like the biggest thing that uh, people were kind of anticipating obviously just because it's like all right this is like a sonic 3d mobile game like how is this shit gonna work and it worked perfectly fine um i think that the level length is like perfect like none of the levels took more than like a few minutes to complete which is great for like you know quick bursts of just like just doing a level and then like closing it real quick or even if you want to do longer play sessions when you play like an act there's like multiple versions of that level with different conditions different characters you could play as so yeah you know i really did like how the gameplay structure was and like damien said you you know sonic hero vibes definitely you know even though there are six char- six characters to play as they're all split into their own like three different categories mm-hmm. yeah i um you know i really i you know when i jumped into this game i had no idea what the structure was going to be of this game so i think having the standard like three acts and a boss is great what i didn't expect was like you know you do an act and then you get like eight basically more levels <laughs> to do in that act which i i think is really cool you know it's mm-hmm. kind of like um sonic adventure one and two where you could also like go back into that act and then you have a bunch of different objectives to do, you know, like in, in Sonic Adventure 2, it was like find the chow or whatever. I kind of forgot what else you had to do in those, but you know, there was a bunch of different objectives and this game kind of does the same thing where, um, you know, you're either collecting a dream orb or you're have to go through a bunch of checkpoints in time. And sometimes they actually do change the level design too. Like it's not like it uses the same base level design, but they add like maybe a few more obstacles for specific characters and stuff. And um, I really liked it. You know, like I, I feel like a lot of Sonic games don't really have like 
um, great, like, sort of, like, platforming segments like this. And uh, honestly, even though it was on mobile, I'm like, this is probably some of the best, sort of, like, platforming in a Sonic game in a while. Because, <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know, I feel like a lot of time 3D Sonic platforming can feel a bit janky, um, especially, like, the boost games. Um, you know, like, Sonic Colors, like, you know, it kind of just feels, like, okay, it's a platform. I've always preferred how Sonic Adventure 1 and 2 felt for, like, jumping around. Uh, this one felt like got a nice balance between the two gameplay styles. And um, I ended up just really enjoying the gameplay a lot. Yeah, no, me too. I thought it was, um, I thought it was cool. I, I, I like the way that, you know, the way they implemented, you know, you starting off with like, you know, Sonic Amy and then kind of going, then unlocking Tails Cream, then Knuckles Rouge. I thought that was cool how, you know, you had to wait till you unlocked, like, you know, really the other, the other two types of characters to then go back to the other ones and then, you know, complete some of those where they were, I guess, the exclusive for those, you know, particular missions like within the act. Um, I thought that was cool. I, I thought it was good, you know, um. I'm not like the, I'm not the biggest fan of like the ones where you had to collect the uh, the shard pieces or whatever. Oh, yeah. Probably my least the least favorite out of the ones. I thought you know the ones where you had to um, you know get to the end during a certain amount of time or follow the uh, you know the um, rings like the, like the rings like like get get to like the uh, the checkpoints yeah the, like, yeah, the checkpoints yeah in mm-hmm. time th- those were definitely really good. Um, but overall, you know the gameplay I, I thought it was a lot of fun and, and it felt good to control. I I agree too. You know, heroes. Um, sorry, uh, adventure one and two and heroes are probably my favorite. You know, as far as 3D goes, that kind of era of the Dreamcast era. So the 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 control felt you know similar to to how that you know you had you had some some good control like that. So um, but but, but very good overall. I mean, you know, Fern was playing on the backbone, right? You're no, yeah, on- I did. I had I had the luxury of playing on the backbone too. I didn't play any of it on on actual touch control, so I was I was pretty uh I was lucky in that in that yeah. sense. Pretty blessed yeah. within that aspect. Yeah. I well, was like, is this going to work? And then like, I plugged in. It was like, press X to continue. I was like, oh my God, yes. Yeah. So and, well, and it was perfect. Honestly, I'm, I feel I feel bad for the people who like don't get to experience like that. And that mm-hmm. kind of goes back to that you yeah. know, store, or question or, or the topic that we said where like it's an Apple exclusive. Because I could see this like, you know, on like Switch easily or, you know, mm-hmm. it, with, with like physical controls. Like, you know, I feel like, you know, some of those combos and like going from boost to... to um, you know, uh, uh, homing attacks or whatever, like vice versa, jumping in and out. Like it works just so well when you have the buttons that your thumb can, you know, hit both at the same time, top and back or whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's, um, you know, but but yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean. Uh, oh, yeah, go oh. ahead. <laughs> We're already stumbling over each other. Uh, anyways, uh, yeah, I mean, I think that this game being on iOS is like definitely its biggest hindrance, not just because mm-hmm. of the touchscreen controls, but because a lot of people aren't going to have the chance to play it. You know, like we live in the U.S., so, you know, a lot of people have iPhones, so that's like the normal. But like everywhere else in the goddamn world, iOS is like so like foreign and it's very yeah. uncommon. So it sucks that those people overseas are likely not going to be able to play this because, you know, I think that if Sonic Dream Team does get, like, a sequel on, like, consoles or something like that, they could do so much more now that there's, like, buttons because, like, because it is on a touchscreen and you can only really have, like, two buttons where it's, like, the homing attack or, like, the boost and then, like, the special ability where it's, like, the the gliding or flying or the, the light speed dash. It's, like, okay, yeah, like, this is fine, but, like, obviously, like, there's more that they could have done if there was more buttons to work with, so... Um, mm-hmm. But I think that the touchscreen controls, now that we're on that topic, were fine. Obviously, there were certain points where I was, like, fucking up because I was just like, oh, yeah. whoopsies, I suddenly hit this button <laughs> or, like, oh, my God, like, the camera's all messed up or whatever. But, Damien, yeah. how was your experience? Yeah, so, honestly, yeah, my biggest complaints about the game is, is just that it's on mobile, right? Like, um, one, I have an iPhone 12, so it would get pretty hot kind of fast. Like, maybe, Same. like, after, like, an hour, I'm like, okay, I should stop because <laughs> I feel like my phone's about to <laughs> blow up. But also the second thing is the controls. Like, 
you know, I, I think the game actually does, like, control really great. Like, if I had a controller, this would feel great. Like, you know, being able to boost and jump, and especially at Sonic, when you could do, like, sort of, like, that air dash thing and then go into a... Yeah. Like, it feels actually great. Like, I, I actually think the, the movement in this game is super fun. Um, it's mostly just down to, like, if your hands... Because, you know, <laughs> on a phone, you don't have any, like, feedback, right? So mm-hmm. my hand... And this is my problem with any mobile games, not just this game. Um, you know, your hand would kind of, like, just kind of go further and further up from where the joystick area is. Yeah. Um, a lot of time, I want a homing attack, but my hand or my thumb was, like, a little bit off the virtual button. So I would just die. That happened a lot. Um, <laughs> so, like, that that stuff is more, like, just mobile game stuff, though. Like, I, I'm not really, like, putting that against the game itself. Because I, I think when it works, uh, control-wise, it works great. I, I think it's a great idea that they didn't, like, sort of put too many different abilities or whatever. Like, you have the basic jump. Um, each character has, like, another sort of jump ability, like Tails could fly, Knuckles could glide, and Sonic could do the little dash thing. Um, the homing attack and boost, and, like, that's about it, and moving. Um, and I think that worked perfectly fine, and that's all the game really needed. And it does, like, a lot of crazy stuff just with those, like, actions. That's all it really yeah. needs. But, um, yeah, I definitely feel like the controls are good, but, you know, obviously if you have, like, a backbone or, or something to play with, um, definitely just play with that, because I think you'll have a way better time. <laughs> yeah. yeah, because the alternative way is to have an Apple TV, which is, like, $120 yeah. or something like that, which mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah. that's about the same price of what the backbone is after tax and shit like that. I'm like, yeah, no, nah, I'll just I'll just deal with these touching controls for now, but, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, I, I definitely hope they do port it to, like, a console at some point um i know they said there's no way it's going to be ported to another like mobile app store because that makes sense because apple made it because <laughs> mm-hmm. i think sega Hardlight is like some apple subsidiary like i don't uh, know it's, like, it's sega's subsidiary for their mobile division so yeah. it's pretty much all of their mobile games but i think this one in particular i'm probably like bullshitting here but i'm pretty sure this one <laughs> apple like funded which is why it's on apple arcade mm, yeah so yeah. Or, or like some deal was signed or whatever. So who knows when or if this game will ever leave Apple Arcade only. But I mean, it's really fucking good. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's um, you know, there's other examples of Apple Arcade games leaving like the you know phone hell. Like Exit the Gungeon and Shantae both left Apple Arcade into like Steam and other stuff. So I'm, I'm really hoping this game does as well because I, I do think more people like should play this because it is really good. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. You, you got anything else to say, friend? Before I move on to my next point. Um, no, that's pretty much it as far as, you know, uh, you know, control itself. You know, I'm just, I'm, I'm blessed to have played on the, uh, <laughs> the on the backbone. So, so you know, I was thinking did, about it though, because yeah. I, oh no, what were you going to say? I was going to say like, how, how did it feel with a backbone? Like, did it feel like, like just it, like any it, other? It felt like that's really how you should have experienced it. Like yeah. it was, you know, I, I didn't have like any of those, you know, and I know what you mean. Like when you're, you know, when you're using like, you know, your left thumb for like, mm-hmm. you know, like the D pad or, you know, and like. You know, you start kind of drifting, whatever, and then before you know it, you're trying to do a button with your you know, right thumb, and then you're pressing the wrong spot or whatever. It just doesn't register. Yeah. You know, it was so fluid, you know, with, with the stick. And then also, too, you have the, um, you know, obviously your, your left uh, thumb is, is, like, moving, but then the right's for the camera. So, you know, you could just dial in really perfectly wherever you needed to go. Or I mean, I had no issues with, you know, uh, movement, you know, chaining, you know homing attacks like light speed dash to you know homing to a rail or whatever anything like that everything was super seamless with the backbone you know and i was gonna say i was wondering because i have like the playstation one so like everything came up as like the playstation like x or square triangle like i wonder i guess if somebody really wanted to you could probably bluetooth like a dual sense to your your phone i guess and probably do it that way if you really want like a control you know like a physical controller experience but um but yeah no backbone was it was awesome playing it on that i had had a really good time doing it that way 
Yeah, I'm definitely gonna gonna have to try that out one day. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I think that just like the level structure and just like the level design was very good, just because like like the levels being short already is like a good thing but also having yeah. multiple levels to play through and also that same level design as well it's like okay yeah like you know even though you went through the, this level already now here's like a brand new condition that you likely have to play through because when you got to like closer to the the end of the game i don't know if you guys also had to do this but i also had to go back to like older levels to like play those to go and get the final boss if you will so mm -hmm. um but yeah i really did like how the game is structured you know just like having multiple levels within a single act just because you know it just felt like you know because there was no ranked attached to each act there was no reason for me to like stress about getting like the fastest time or something like that you know because it is like a mobile game experience it's like okay yeah just like play the level get the goddamn dream orb and then move on you know like that is, yeah. mm -hmm. is all i'm really looking for yeah yeah i really like the um the structure of it too you know i really like when games kind of like you know especially platformers because they're inherently going to be shorter than like most other genres so i really do like it when they make the the most out of each level it's like okay let's just add more objectives to this and um you know just reuse the assets but in like a smart way like have new like level geometry or whatever like mm -hmm. I, I always i'm a big fan of when developers do that because you know if, if you didn't have that the game would be like actually like an hour <laughs> so like I'm, I'm happy that they decided to put the extra effort and make all these extra challenges that are fun too like they're not they don't feel like filler to me um mm -hmm. they just feel like smart ways to remix the level design they already have and um uh, it wasn't really an issue with me till like the very last um zone i guess where i had to like go back and get dream orb just because like i want to, i needed to finish it before we did this because <laughs> i was already doing like a bunch of levels and stuff but then i'm like okay i should probably beat the game i didn't even know that was a requirement until like i'm like oh shit you actually did need the dream orbs okay <laughs> so um and i believe you need like 70 by the time you beat the game so uh, i think that's a fair amount i believe that's like i feel like it's a little more than half of like all the dream orbs you actually do need which is kind of a lot but um i, I think it's a good balance you know uh, again you could just blaze through the game if it wasn't for that and those levels are fun so I, I think that was a, a smart decision. Yeah, you know, it was. Uh, I, I liked how they did. I liked how it was cool too, because depending on which like objective, I guess you chose within the the zone or, or the act or whatever, it it kind of started you in like a different spot in like in in the zone, which was yeah. kind of cool. Depending on what the objective was, and I thought it was cool because you know, obviously, like I said, you start off as Sonic, you know, Amy, you have like a speed character, and you go through and then you can clearly see where like, you know, like the fly icons are. So once you get like tails or, you know, a flying character, then you go back and you can, you know, uh, access those routes or whatever, or, you know, do those or same thing with like, you know, you see like the ledges or like the, the uh, walls that you can climb mm -hmm. with like Knuckles Rouge. So I thought that was cool the way they did that. And then, you know, going back and seeing how that all kind of worked into like the whole, um, the whole level for each one was, was cool. But, um, you know, overall it was, uh, I, I thought it was good. I thought the way that they did it, um, some of those, like, you know, race to the end, you know, in a certain amount of time, those, you know, especially toward, like, the last few, like, toward, towards mm -hmm. the end of the game, some of those, you know, they, they were getting, like, I was, I was falling a few times, like, I was getting mm -hmm. pretty close to, like, the time and stuff, or, like, I, I messed up plenty of times, like, the checkpoint ones, you know, I would miss yeah. a checkpoint, or, like, yeah. <laughs> you know, a few of those were, were, were pretty fun, those, those were, um, probably, probably my favorite out of all of them, but, uh, but yeah, no, very, uh, I thought the way they did it was, was good. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think the, uh, the uh, mobile aspect of it as well i think there's like tails challenges that you could do i think yeah. they're daily or something like that there was one of them that i almost like messed up on because of like the time getting close like you said mm -hmm. i was like holy yeah. shit like this is getting this is getting kind of hard um but yeah you know those different levels it's sort of how the 
sort of how they like remix them is like very well done. And, uh, you know, I kind of agree with you that those like shard ones are also like probably my least favorite. Not to say that they're bad, but like they take the most time to complete because you're just running around just like trying to find wherever yeah. that marker is or whatever. I found myself just kind of going straight to like Tails or Cream just to, just to be able to fly, just like, you know, because this is the easiest to traverse, you know, wherever they are and stuff and just kind of picking those up quick. But yeah, I felt like those are like, I probably enjoyed them a bit more if I could like, if I had a right stick <laughs> so I could look around more. <laughs> um, that would be nice. I, I don't know how, honestly, not thinking about it, the fact that you didn't have the right stick, like, I don't even know. You know that yeah, that's that's tough. You know, I guess having to just physically move the character, and the, the the camera will follow with you. I guess. Like, yeah. So the, the camera, the camera does follow you, but you could on the right side of the screen, you could kind of like swipe a bit to oh, yeah. move the camera. Flick, flick but across. It's, still, it's still not as smooth as just having the right stick. Um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, because I, like. If you're like in the air, sorry, David. Um, yeah, if no, you're no like problem. in the uh, air, you can't really like move the camera yeah, as like yeah. you're playing because it's like, I well, shit, I'm I'm gonna hope that I'm gonna make this jump and then like <laughs> we'll just pray that like I don't die here, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I do feel like yeah, some of the later challenges do get pretty difficult. <laughs> like I, I feel like it would be a bit easier if I, I had more control of my character, but it was still like I'm like well, this is getting pretty tough <laughs> for like you know like I didn't expect like to have more of a challenge than what I was expecting to get. <laughs> um, I, and I guess like the I think they did a great job of all the other characters as well. You know, I think mm-hmm. with the Sonic Frontiers update, uh, you know, the final update it did, you know, a lot of people were very, you know, not sure about how those characters felt in that uh, in Frontiers. But I feel like all the characters here feel good because they basically are just Sonic just with like a different move, right? Like the Tails could obviously fly and Knuckles could glide and climb and stuff. And I think that's like good enough. Like everyone could homing attack, uh, but they all still feel a bit different, which is which is good. But, you know, I feel like Sonic games should always be fast right and i feel like all the characters are able to accomplish that just as much as sonic can so yeah. um i really like how they did the different characters in this game probably a bit more than they did in frontiers because um some of them could be a, a bit janky <laughs> yeah uh you know I, pretty much having six characters and having only like three different types i think that that was like the smart move instead of yeah. making every single character different that would have been like so much work it's so tedious or whatever uh but i think just splitting them simply into like three different times you got the speed the fly and the power i'm like okay yeah sure like that's fine that works i love sonic heroes you know this like works in my brain or whatever Um, i was just about to say yeah you know like the the formula was just so good in in heroes i i I love that game and and i love just the way that they (laughs) i love the way they did it you know and and i I think it it was like a huge you know callback to you know how how well it worked in in that game and i'm glad that they, they ended up doing it the way they did in this one yeah, I think that, you know, like Damien said, just like simply just having it so they're all just Sonic or just with different abilities. I think that that works fine because mm-hmm. the more you throw in there, it's going to get more complicated and a lot more just like unnecessary, if you will. So I'm glad that they were able to just simple it down. And also, you know, it also plays into the three bosses that we face, uh, aside yep. from the final boss, if you will. But, you know, yeah. those three bosses that we face, they're just focusing on the speed and then i believe flying and then power and then you get to choose which one you get to play as before you head into that fight and yeah the bosses themselves you know they're not tedious they're not hard or anything but they're fine you know i, I would much rather have it be like that than have it be like <laughs> yes. sonic superstars where it's just like yes, i am oh literally God. pulling my hair out here but you know i'm just glad that the uh, boss fights themselves were you know fun enjoyable and not anything super crazy thank god like yeah. you know playing the sonic game well like bosses that make me want to die that that's very nice this year has been with frontiers the final update and sonic superstars especially i'm happy that the boss fights are just simple just like you get them over with you know, they're pretty fun for what they are but they're not like this gigantic strain on the game <laughs> which is great <laughs> so yeah 
Uh, any comment on the on the bosses uh, right. besides that? Uh, um, I I liked this the second to last boss. Or no, sorry. I guess technically be like the the last boss before the final boss. Those last two. Um, any any like running type boss in a Sonic game, I'm I'm just a huge mm-hmm. fan of. So I thought those were really cool. And the first two were fun too. You know, the the crab was the first one I believe, and uh, yeah. That that was like the, the final hit. I would just like shrunk and became just like a tiny little. I thought that was I thought that was funny, you know. And just no, but the, the bosses they were they were good. You know, it, it didn't put too much like focus on them. You know, it was really just getting through the levels, having fun with the levels and stuff. And you know, final boss was awesome. And that soundtrack too. The soundtrack for yeah. final boss was fucking crazy. Yeah, it was <laughs> honestly that, that was, got me that really was, hyped. That yeah. was super cool. I was like, oh shit, yeah. Um, <laughs> honestly, I, I really do like it when platformers kind of just have. Like the uh, like a boss fight that's just a platforming challenge because yeah. that's kind of what they do the best. So just having the final boss just be like a sort of like giant platforming challenge where you switch between everyone. I thought yeah. that was really great actually. And you that know, was cool. And you know the final bit where like the main theme is playing. I'm like, why is this hype? Like, why am I getting hype over a mobile <laughs> game? But this, this is pretty sick. I'm like, this is good. <laughs> it, it it almost kind of reminded me of like almost like like a Sonic uh, Sonic Adventure two when you're doing like the final thing and like you're kind of switching off between each character yeah, and then, yeah yeah you know that was or, or like you could even i guess compare it to like oh six where like at the end you're kind of yeah. going back and forth before you know they revive them and stuff like i just i don't know i'm a sucker for that kind of thing where they're all kind of coming together at the end and then like you just see like little cutscenes they're throwing the the orb back and forth I thought that was really cool yeah it was yeah. done really well yeah yeah uh i honestly forgot what point i was gonna oh the collectibles so yeah. did you guys go 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 out of your way to like get them or anything because like me oh. personally it was like okay yeah like i'm doing this level if i don't get them all here i don't care the blue coins were really hard to find but i think for a few of the the acts first try i got all of the uh red coins or whatever red rings i should say my apologies <laughs> yeah I, I feel like in the earlier levels I, I was getting all the red rings and then i feel like in some of the later ones i'm like where the hell are they i, I feel like i only got like two <laughs> so yeah. you definitely hide them because the levels get a bit bigger and stuff um but you know i feel like again it would be easier if i had a bigger screen so i could see like especially the blue rings i don't know there's like 30 of them in each of yes. those act ones <laughs> um so yeah that, that's a lot um i don't even know what you really get for doing that i i, I don't know if any of you actually? I think nah. one more orb. I, be, I believe if you, if you got uh, all the red red rings or, you, or red coins, you get one more orb. Yeah. And I don't know about the blue ones. The blue ones, I never oh, got okay. all thirty of any of them. I got all five red in, in the very first act of the first zone. That was the only one. And then after that, <laughs> uh, like you were saying, Travis, I just I was just going through, and you know, if I found them, whatever, and if I didn't, then you know, I just kind of kept going. But yeah, I uh, I was able to get a decent amount of levels with all red coins. I, I believe it's like the halfway point was I started missing some, and the blue coins. Yeah, I don't know what they give they give you, but um, <laughs> I, I think they're good. I think they're good collectibles to really explore the levels since like the first sort of like, I guess like the main act of a of a zone is sort of like you know the biggest one because there's a bunch of different segments in them, and you know those are fun to explore. And then the later segments like break them down into the different missions. But um, yeah, I think they're pretty fun to explore and stuff. But I, I didn't really bother with the the blue coins, especially. You <laughs> only got like a few of them. <laughs> All right, so I guess we could get to the last part. Is like the presentation, sort of just like how the mm-hmm. game looked, how the, the the game felt, performed on the uh, iPhone that you were playing on. Uh, yeah, I mean, Sonic Twitter was kind of going crazy over just like the initial cutscenes that you saw because they were just so well animated and so just so good and then like we yeah. get these comic book style slideshows and i'm like oh okay this is this is what the main cutscenes are gonna be and then whatever we get before boss fight that's when we get those i guess like more higher budget cutscenes so i wish that was obviously like the main cutscenes that we saw but i'm glad that you know we got like a sneak peek of like what could have been if if i guess apple threw just a little bit more money at them yeah like 
I, you know, I didn't know what to expect from the cutscenes either. But when I first saw that first cutscene on like Twitter and stuff, I'm like, yo, this is animated really well. Um, <laughs> you know, they're going more for that, you know, cartoony style rather than Frontiers, which, you know, I, I really like Frontiers as well. But, you know, the cutscenes could feel a bit flat because, you know, Sonic doesn't really move as much <laughs> as he does in this game. Um, but when the majority of cutscenes are just like the sort of comic book style thing, I, I didn't really mind too much just because, you know, it's a mobile game at the end of the day. They have a limited budget. So uh, I knew they couldn't like cram in like as many of those like high budget cutscenes as they wanted it to. But I feel like when they counted, they they counted really well, like, especially like you said, in the, in the final boss. Like I thought those were all really, really cool looking. So um, I thought when they mattered, they, they looked really cool. And from any of the exposition stuff, it's just like you don't really need any fancy cutscenes for that. So that's fine. Yeah, no, I agree. I, the the animated cutscenes really, really good. The expressiveness, you know, uh, very good. Um, you know, when I saw like the the you know comic book style, uh, you know, cutscenes for the rest of the stuff, it reminded me of like like Sonic Battle, like how you know mm-hmm. it was just like all That's the text there <laughs> and, the, and the people. I like, immediately thought about that because I, I that game I played so much too, but um, but it was fine. I mean, you know, for for, for like you said, where it mattered, the cutscenes, the animated ones, really good, really expressive. You know, and then where you just kind of, you know, moving along with the story, going, you know, just progressing more and more as you unlock more, more acts or whatever. Um, you know, you, um, you know, the, the 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 comic book kind of style, I think, worked totally fine too. So, and at the end of the day, like you said, it's a mobile game. You know, it's not really, you know, if anything, they're just testing the waters with what is possible, and what they can do. You know, and and what maybe will happen in the future. So, I think for for a first kind of outing like this, it was totally fine. Yeah, um, I, I guess just for the overall art style, uh, I, I really liked it a lot as well. Like, I really enjoy the more cartoony-looking Sonic games because, um, you know, I, I like the more realistic ones, like them going for a more grounded tone. Like, again, the adventure games also go for more grounded tones, something with Frontiers. But um, I really like how Sonic Heroes, again, it felt. Like, just, even graphics-wise, like, the, the egg ponds are also, like, just from Sonic Heroes, which is really cool <laughs> to see. Um, and I just think that art style just makes the game feel a lot more vibrant and, like, just fun to run around in. I don't know. Uh, maybe I'm alone in it. But I, I really like how, like, cartoony <laughs> looks. I, 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 I really enjoy the art style a lot. Yeah, I mean, I totally agree. Me and Damien were saying this leading up to this game's release. It was just like, yeah, like this game's very colorful. It, it It is very vibrant. It's very much going for a different style just because of the recent Sonic outings, you know, aside from, I guess, like Sonic Superstars, which, you know, is colorful in its own right because it is a classic game. But I guess within like the 3D front, it's very much been like, you know, dark and gritty and sort of no fun. <laughs> so for this game <laughs> yeah. to, you know, have like, I guess like that dream element and sort of use that as like a way to enhance the visuals and add more color and just do like all these wacky and crazy things, you know, it, it worked really well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Um, I, I'm a fan of, you know, I'm a fan of both. I, I like that kind of more realistic, dark, you know, kind of Sonic style, but I also, you know, I, I can, you know, I can appreciate like the vibrant, you know, more colorful, just, you know, animated kind of style of it too. So I was cool with it. And there, there were some parts where it, it really got like the colors. I forgot, I forgot which one it was specifically, but like you went to like a different kind of part of the zone and like everything got like, like super like neon green almost like on like a grind rail. And I vividly remember that part and I was like, oh shit, I was like, but it was cool because like just the colors rap is really cool, but um, it was, it was cool. It was, um, I, I, I didn't have a problem with it. Yeah, like I, I always like it when they sort of like I guess I, I mean I guess Sonic Unleashed is my favorite art style for any Sonic game just because it's like it has the best middle ground b- yeah. between like cartoony and realistic. Um, but yeah, either way, I thought the presentation of, of the game was like really good, really really good looking for a mobile game. Uh, did you guys have any frame rate drops? I mean, I did just because um, I was like recording and also like charging my phone at sometimes. So oh, I was just yeah. like, I probably, probably shouldn't be doing all of this shit at once. But for the most part, the game ran smoothly. I didn't have a lot of frame dips. But when I did, it was when like my phone was too hot and also I was charging mm-hmm. it. 
Yeah, I, I had I was the same way. I, when after like an hour or so, when my phone got too hot, then my frame rate really started to dip, and that's when I knew it was time to stop for for now. So um, <laughs> that that was the only time I really had bad frame drops. But there, there were some certain segments where like there's a lot of stuff going on, and it would like stutter for a second. But like it wasn't too bad. It, it was mostly when my phone got hot. Yeah, no, me too. It was really just when, like, you know, a lot of action, you know, if you're doing, like, chain, like, a homing attack kind of thing, or even I had, you know, some stutters like that, but um, but overall, no, I was, I was impressed about, you know, throughout, I would say majority, 90% of, like, all, like, you know, the boost, you know, segments, even when, you know, you're kind of chaining the boost, you know, going for, like, a long time when you're getting, like, the uh, the thunderbolt, you know, kind of, like, yeah. pieces, and you're, you know, getting more replenishment of the boost, and you just keep going, you know, really fast. I really didn't have a whole lot. It was really mostly probably attacking, you know, enemies and, and just uh, chaining the homing attack situations where I saw the most uh, frame rate drop, I would say. But even then, it wasn't horrible. All right, all right. Uh, the last thing uh, I got in here for the presentation notes is the voice acting. Uh, so for the most part, the cast is pretty good, but I think uh, Sonic Twitter uh, were really divisive over Rouge and Cream's voices uh, just because they didn't, I guess, sound like their previous counterparts, if you will. Uh, I think uh, Rouge and Cream were obviously like the two ones that were really like different. I mean, Cream sounded too high pitched. I don't know what the hell was going on there. And then Rouge sounded something like Cream would sound. I don't know what that was going on there, but. Um- yeah <laughs> like uh I, I i believe that's like i thought i read somewhere that that was like the original actors the voice actors from like uh like heroes and stuff but i don't know if that was true i didn't really look it up <laughs> but either way i think cream sounded weird like she was doing the cream <laughs> voice but she also sounded like she was just like uh voice cracking like every time she talked i feel like rouge sometimes she sounded really good and sometimes she sounded just like she sounded like cream <laughs> so it was mm-hmm. really weird uh, i wasn't like the biggest fan of their voice direction to be honest but uh everyone else sounded like about what you would expect um you know sonic still has a bit of the deeper voice going on from like frontiers <laughs> but um i, I thought the vested voice cast was fine most just like rouge and cream sounded a bit off mostly cream honestly so yeah no no problem at all except Rouge and Cream. I thought Cream was yeah. just like way, way too high pitched. And I guess she's supposed to be like you know, you know, young little girl, or whatever. But like, I just thought it was like kind of like over the top. Yeah, Rouge was <laughs> was definitely weird. I don't know. I I mean, you know, I I, I Rouge will always just be like you know, Sonic Adventure Two Rouge. You know, like yeah. Heroes Rouge. Like so, mm-hmm. that was also really weird. Sometimes I couldn't even like if I wasn't looking at the screen, I could most couldn't even tell like who's talking right now. Is it Rouge? <laughs> is it Cream? Yeah, but. But, you know, but besides that, everybody else is fine. I thought, you know, all the other characters were good. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I even thought, um, I even thought Cheese was good. I, I liked, they kind of gave him a little bit more, like, uh, you know, it wasn't just like, like I, it's funny because I, I had to go back once I finished the game, went on YouTube, and, like, I, I looked up the opening cutscene for Heroes for, like, uh, Team Amy's when they're all like mm-hmm. at the beach or whatever, and, like, I, I was like, how does everybody sound? I gotta remember, and, like, you, and, and you you hear, like, cheese, and, like, all, all he says is just, like, chow and stuff like that, but, like, they, they gave him, like, a few more kind of, like, you know, little, like, noises, whatever to say. I thought that was cute, so, but, uh, but yeah, I, I would say the, the same things everybody else is kind of, you know, talking about is, 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 is what I was thinking, too. Okay, okay. Yeah, because, like, I didn't look at those clips on Twitter, and then I was like, let me go and play the game for myself and see how this shit is. And I was like, oh, yeah, like, this is this is kind of off-putting, but... Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, is there anything else we need to talk about, guys, or uh, are um, we done? I believe that was everything. Like, I thought, like, I guess, like, the music-wise, like, we talked a bit about it. I thought it was pretty mm-hmm. good as well. Um, you know, most of it didn't really stand out besides, like, the main theme, I think, is really good. Uh, and the rest of it, you know, it's good. You know, it's, not, it's nothing, like, too crazy. 
Um, you know, it's not like Superstars was like very uneven in terms of soundtrack. But I thought I thought it was pretty solid throughout. Um, and yeah, I kind of just hope I don't know what the plan is for this game. Like, I don't know if they're gonna keep adding, like, if they want to add like more zones, if they're gonna do a sequel, if they're gonna do like more of those daily challenges, which I suppose is what they're gonna be doing. But um, either way, I think this is a great reason to subscribe to Apple. Like, like you can't like buy it; that you have to mm-hmm. subscribe to Apple Arcade to like play it. And I think it's worth uh, like a sub for like a month to play through it. Uh, I think it's like super good. Uh, clearly, a lot of love went into it. Like people, the people that want to make this really want to make it, and they knocked it out of the park. Like. Um, you know, me like <laughs> I, I I really have no problem saying that I think this is better than Superstars. <laughs> like I, I really I really do feel like I had a better time playing this. Again, I me and Travis and uh, you Fern as well. Like we, we just kind of prefer 3D Sonic to begin with, but I also just think it just plays a lot better. Like it wasn't as frustrating either. It was just like a really solid time throughout. Um, and I really really hope they do port it to consoles at some point because um, I really do want more people to play it and people will talk about it and be like yeah this game is like way better than it had any right to be. So. Uh, I'm really happy to decide to just drop it randomly. Uh, I really enjoyed it a lot. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I, I have no problem saying I, I definitely enjoyed it way more than Superstars. I'll go back to it eventually. I, I'll, I'll finish just for the sake of finishing it, but I had a, a lot more fun doing this one. And I hope that, yeah, I hope Sonic Team, like, they, they uh, you know, I, I think it, it was them or I guess it was Apple. I don't know who specifically, but, like, I hope that whoever needs to will, like, you know, take account of, of this game or will, you know, you know, be like, oh shit, this this actually worked and it worked really well, and I hope that you know they take some pointers from this because, for for what it was and what it was supposed to be, I think it hit every single point. You know, I think they knocked it out of the park too with with what they did, and I don't know how long I guess they were working on it for. You know, it, it was announced pretty quick and then it dropped pretty quick. I feel like yeah, so, yeah. You know, who really knows? I guess the time frame of it, but they did a great job. I thought it was awesome. I think it can show that like they can do something like this with Sonic and make it. You know, it doesn't have to be this huge. You know, we were waiting so long from like. Um, uh, from uh, Forces of fr- Frontiers. Front, yeah, Forces of Frontiers. I couldn't remember the name. Forces of Frontiers. It was like you know several years, but like yeah. you know it doesn't have to be like you know for like a big like flagship, like the next kind of like big name or the the big like entry in like the series. You know, I know they need some time, but like you know they can give us stuff like this too, and it can still be you know just fun. You know, you 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 put it down, you pick it up when you're able to and stuff. You're not thinking too hard about it, but you're just you're having fun platforming. You're having fun. At the end of the day, I love the games and I love you know the the gameplay, but I also I love these characters and I just love seeing them just interact with each other and just be in different situations and stuff. And I think that that's something that they could you know they can do more of you know if if they uh, if they wanted to. So I I think this is definitely a cool stepping stone for for what could be. Yeah, I mean, I definitely agree. Uh, this is this has to be like the best Sonic game release this year. You know, we've had yeah. uh, the Final Horizons update, we had Superstars, and then earlier this year we had Sonic Origins Plus, which was just oh, like an yeah. updated Sonic Origins thing, whatever. And then we also had the Murder of Sonic the Hedgehog, which was oh, like that was, you know, that was I, good. I, I only played like five minutes of that, but I I, I want to get back <laughs> to that. Very, very good free-to-play sort of uh, visual novel game. But, you know, for this, you know, being like a Apple Arcade subscription thing, you know, like Damien said, it is worth a free sub. Uh, I believe you should have a free trial if you have like an Apple account or whatever, depending on uh, your account or whatever. You could have one month or three months, I believe. I had three months or whatever. But uh, even if you can't get that free trial, it's only like eight bucks a month or whatever. But I know most people don't have iOS devices to their disposal. So hopefully this game will get ported to PC like other Apple Arcade games. But uh, for the future, you know, 
like like both of these guys have said, I hope that they sort of take notes and sort of follow this maybe with the sequel, maybe with the console version, who knows, because I feel like that they can really do a lot of stuff with this formula. You know, it is simple. It is sort of just like, you know, mundane sort of Sonic vs. Eggman stuff, but it's fun. It's very, very good. The, 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 the level design, the way the game looks, everything about it is just like... It's just so goddamn good. Like, you know, I love Sonic Frontiers and I love what that game did for the franchise. But this one in particular, it's like it's a goddamn mobile game. And, and, and I was having way too much fun with it, all things considered. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it could have been easy for them to just make it like here's like an endless runner or whatever. And they, they have those, uh, you know, like they have a bunch of those for Sonic. But um, them to really make like an actual 3D Sonic game on mobile, that that's really cool. So I'm really happy to decide to put the extra effort into this game. Yeah, love me too. Yeah, everything was was great. And uh yeah, again, like I said, I just, you know, it's it's a it's it's a good, you know, stepping stone for for what I hope is is going to be coming with with whatever they decide to do next. All right. So, I think that's about it for this segment of the episode. I just want to thank Fern once again for giving us his time and coming onto the show. Thank uh, you maybe, for having me. No problem. And maybe we will see him in another episode, but for now, let's get back to the main episode. Awesome. All right. Thanks a lot, guys. See you later. All right, so let's talk about our other recent activities uh, that we have been playing and watching or doing whatever. Uh, so I will go first. Uh, so the first thing that I have watched is the Percy Jackson and the Olympians Disney Plus show. It's going to be my Hi, first time talking about it, and uh, I'll talk about it once the show's over. Uh, I don't know anything about Percy Jackson. My girlfriend. Really? Yeah, no. That's crazy. I mean, I know that they were like sort of, uh, I guess, teen or teen books or whatever and then they made yeah. movies on them and then those movies were like kind of bad or whatever yeah but, uh <laughs> my girlfriend loves this shit so i was like okay yeah sure i guess we'll watch it uh and they're obviously fleshing it out into a tv series as opposed to i believe it was like three movies or something like that so you know what i'll give it a shot and they did premiere the first two episodes here and it was honestly not that bad uh they do a lot of sort of they spend a lot of time building up the story and sort of like how we got here. Uh, and obviously like there's a lot of mystery aspects as terms of like who Percy Jackson is and like him figuring out who he is like as a person and how he fits as like a demigod because he is half human and half God. So yeah, I mean, the characters are all fun. It looks really, really good uh, for like a Disney plus show and all that stuff. But like I said, I don't know anything about Percy Jackson. So I'm kind of just going into the show blind, but it's so far so good. <laughs> yeah, I think I've read like the first book like in sixth grade, but <laughs> I, I don't think I remember anything besides like the first bits of it. So yeah, yeah, no. Uh, my girlfriend Emma, she was like not she she kind of had an idea of what was gonna happen, but like she was like, I don't remember shit, and I was like, well, I don't know anything, <laughs> so it's gonna be great. Uh, then obviously the other thing that I've been playing a lot is obviously Fortnite. Fortnite's still fun. Uh, still trying to do those dailies, getting that stupid ass weekend skin with that expensive ass battle pass. The Ninja yep. Turtles came out and everything like that. But I feel like we should, or I should at least touch on the Rocket Racing mode again because mm-hmm. I feel like the last time we talked about it, we were like it's kind of bad. But uh, you know, we did play it a lot ever since then, and I've been kind of into it. I mean, it is more or less just like racing and sort of like just trying to make sure that you are playing the best you can and obviously like you can like ram people into things to like mess them up or even kill them to a, to a certain extent but yeah i mean it's pretty fun i i've seen clips of like the elite stuff and it's just like crazy like the fucking like high ranking stuff and i'm like okay yeah no nah, i'm feel like i'm never gonna get there i just want to get gold to like get that mission done and then just call it a day <laughs> <laughs> yeah i kind of feel the same way like um after we played it again um i'm like yo this is actually like pretty fun like i feel like the actual like base mechanics are pretty fun like you know obviously the drifting to boost that's nothing new like i feel like every like kart racing game has Mm -hmm. that 
but um i I feel like the anti-grab mechanic i I don't even know what to call it like when you like kind of go on walls and shit Mm -hmm. i feel like they do more of that than mario kart 8 does because for mario kart 8 it like never really matters that much besides like the like oh you're on the ceiling now Mm -hmm. but i feel like not much change at least with this one you have to make the the active choice to be either on the ground or on the side or on the roof and shit uh and i think that's pretty neat um you know flying and stuff too like being able to like sort of like have like little hover jets that's pretty cool to find like different shortcuts and stuff um and yeah, I feel like after the last podcast, I'm like, I definitely turned around on it and be like, you know what, actually is pretty good. Um, I still think it does need a bit more spice, like I said, like, you know, uh, more interesting tracks, uh, maybe some items or something. Um, because once a player knows where all the shortcuts are, you kind of just win. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. you know, I feel like there's not like a, enough comeback mechanics to really come back from it, which, you know, I, I'm sure some people like because it's like, if you're good, you're good, which is fair. But I, I do feel like for something like this, you know, still, I, I feel like it's supposed to be like more of like a fun, casual thing. So I feel like having like some sort of items would really like spice up the game a bit. But um, and I, I feel like items are really even ruined like the game too much because if you're good at mario kart you're still gonna win <laughs> like mm-hmm. you might win a little less but you're still gonna win if you know like the tracks really well but um yeah overall like uh like fortnite has honestly been like a, a super good time uh this season like i know some you know there's fair criticisms but i feel like epic has been doing their best to sort of uh alleviate them like they nerf medals which is nice uh like yep. they give less shields now um you know they added more items uh no augments still i don't think i don't know if they're back now but it's weird how they're still not here even though they're supposed to be um, but you know, the other game modes like uh, Fortnite, it's a bunch of fun. Um, you know, I, I still really like the music mode, uh, you know, even though there's like not enough songs sometimes <laughs> I, I still enjoy it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Fortnite's just been a really good time this season. Definitely. Definitely. All right. So I guess I will go as well. So, uh, I guess I could talk to the other life service game was playing Warframe. <laughs> they, um, you know, I've been really addicted to Warframe, like the last, like back half of this year. Um, just cause like, I, I just feel like the content has been like super good for the game lately. Um, you know, they've been just, just releasing banger after banger and I haven't played a game in so long that coming back to it after so many years, I'm going to be like, oh man, they really improved a lot of the things I had issues with. Um, and this most recent update is basically like a Warframe centric update, which sounds a bit weird to say, cause the game is called Warframe, but, um, you know, a lot of the updates are like crazy wacky shit. And I do appreciate that a lot more now. Um, I used to not appreciate it cause I'm like, I just want to play as my Warframe. But um, I feel like they really break the pace and, like, makes the game feel, I don't know, a lot more complete. Like, there's different things to do. If you get bored doing the Warframe stuff, you always, like, jump into the Railjack stuff or the Duviri stuff. And it's, like, kind of just fun different game modes and stuff. Um, but this new update just releases this full-on just focus on Warframe content. And it's a bunch of fun. A lot of new game modes, new weapons, new Warframe. Well, a new Warframe. Um, <laughs> and I've been having a good time with it. I think it's a really, like, great update. Uh, the story stuff is pretty interesting to see what they're going forward with. Um and yeah, I'm just really looking forward to whatever the fuck Warframe 1999 is going to be, because that's going to be weird. <laughs> <laughs> um, and next, I played and finished Persona 5 Tactica. Uh, this came out quite a bit ago. It came out when Mario RPG came out. Uh, I decided to finish Mario RPG first because it was shorter. Um, and, you know, when this game came out, a lot of people were like more like, oh, another Persona 5 spin off. And, you know, I-, I always eat that shit up. I fucking love Persona <laughs> 5. Um, and I- honestly, I-, I feel like a lot of the Persona 5 spin offs have been very good. Like, I feel like you know, it would be one thing if they were, like, bad and they kept releasing them and then I'll be like, okay, maybe stop doing that. But, uh, no, I, I really do feel like these games have been, like, super fun and just, like, great additions to, like, the I guess the overall Persona 5 story, I guess. Um, like, Persona 5 Strikers, I thought was a good pseudo-sequel to the uh, base game. Like, it did a lot of cool things to really enhance some of the characters and themes of that game. And this game sort of takes place in, like, sort of the middle of the game. Like, I think it takes place, like, in the middle of, like, the base game 
and the expansion for Persona 5, which is Persona 5 Royal, is a fucking, it's a mess, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> but um, in terms of story stuff, I, it was really good. It focuses on, like, a totally different character that I thought I was going to focus on, and I thought they did it really well, because the whole game focuses on this one character, and I'm like, you know what? It worked really well, yeah. It got me feeling stuff by the end. I'm like, that that's good. I don't know why I'm feeling stuff for, like, the stupid chibi spinoff version of Persona 5, but it, it worked. It was really good. Um, and in, ter- in terms of gameplay, you know, it goes for the uh, the tactic RPG angle. So think of, uh, you know, Fire Emblem and stuff like that. Um, except this game feels a lot more puzzly. Uh, you definitely want to be comboing a lot of uh, moves together and stuff since it works like how base Persona 5 works where uh, characters get uh, one more turn if they hit a character or they hit an enemy that's down. So you can keep chaining and chaining and chaining. So you can have like an ultra long turn. And it makes for a really, really satisfying gameplay. Um, and again, it, it kind of leads to more like puzzly type stuff where you're like, how could I do this in the least amount of turns? And the game kind of rewards you for that because uh, each stage has like three stars you can get. And usually one of them is to complete it in like, uh, in, like you know, a few turns or whatever. Um, so I ended up being very addicting to like get those stars and uh, make sure you're playing correctly to get all those big chains and stuff. So um I got it, it, like, is it my favorite tactics game? Probably not. Like, uh, you know, I think there's another tactics game that came out uh, earlier this year that we'll ta- I, well, I'll talk about during my <laughs> top 10 games. That's probably better. But I think this is a great package. Like, if you're into tactics games and Persona, uh, I think this is really good. I, I, I think it's definitely worth picking up and not, like, glossing over it just because it's like, oh, another Persona 5 spinoff. Um, no, I, I actually think it's it was a really good time. All right. So now that we got that done out of the way, we're going to talk about a lot of news. A lot of it's pretty, pretty bleak and not, yeah. <laughs> not so fun. But uh, first thing we have to talk about is the day before. Uh, this was a whole thing mm-hmm, that yep. happened uh, pretty much a few days after that game released. The studio, fan- Fantastic. I don't know exactly how to pronounce yeah, it. Yeah, I think it's Fantastic. Yeah, They pretty much closed its doors pretty uh, days after it launched. And people were calling this game a scam because I've seen gameplay footage of it and it did not look finished at all even though the game launched i believe at like 40 bucks or whatever on steam so even though that there's a lot of hype and, and anticipation behind this game and it was priced accordingly kind of it released as a pretty pretty messy game that really did not work as it was advertised and they closed days after and there's some other stuff going on where like the former studio is like renaming itself with like the other games and whatnot so i'm not entirely sure what's going on here but it just looks like there was a scam here. There may not have been a scam. I don't want to say that outright, but it seems like that there was some pretty shady stuff going on behind the scenes here. Yeah, oh yeah. I, I definitely recommend uh, the skill up video on this game. He does a great job sort of like going throughout the whole history of this game and the studio itself. Um, and they just have a long running thing of just releasing half finished games that are like super ambitious. Uh, and then you just kind of like go away to the next thing uh i highly recommend it like ton of evidence that yeah this game was basically not even a thing until a few months ago like they've been advertising this game for like a few years already but um it it was a bunch of evidence showing like they just bought a bunch of like epic uh you know unreal assets and stuff and just plop it all down as like just just a giant asset flip game that just wasn't fun at all um (laughs) and you know i i think that says a lot for you know whenever you see these type of games you know always look at it critically like if if something looks too good to be true especially from like a no-name studio you should definitely be like okay let's wait (laughs) let's wait until the game comes out to like wishlist it on steam or to to just straight up buy it um again luckily steam has the two-hour uh uh you know refund policy which did bankrupt the studio this is why they like closed down (laughs) but um you know i definitely think you know when like even with triple a games you know always keep your expectations like you know 
minimum <laughs> like you know so you don't like walk into like something like this where it's just like yeah you're just bound to be disappointed and it being not what you expect at all uh but you know that scammers always come back they're, they're gonna come back as a different studio at some point and try to sell some other thing but um you know i'm just happy this game has finally closed its doors because you know this has been such a meme for a while you know fucking the last of them over here so <laughs> I, i'm glad like you know it's finally over and like it didn't hurt too many people since you know on steam you could just refund it so uh, it just made for a really funny story. <laughs> yeah, it also made for a lot of great videos. Uh, like you yes, said, Scale Up. Scale Up. Yeah. I haven't watched that one personally, but I think a lot of people watch Donkey's video where he's just yeah, like, Donkey's video was good. Trying too. to play the game and he's just like, I, I got to talk to this person. I got to talk to this person or whatever. And I was just like, Yeah, this is this is a game, all right. I mean, is it a fun <laughs> game? Probably not. But yeah, you know, this is why. Um, I guess I'm very cautious about pre-ordering games. The last game I pre-ordered was obviously Spider-Man Two, but I think before then I can't exactly remember when it comes to pre-ordering stuff unless it's like a super good deal then i'll be like okay you know what i'll put my money down for this because i'm getting it for like a half price or something like that before it comes out but normally full price pre-ordering not my thing yeah always do your due diligence always look at reviews uh you know usually when games don't have a you know review days before i usually like hold off and so i actually mm-hmm. do see a bunch of reviews and that's when i buy it uh, so yeah, always always make sure you wait. Always make sure you you do your due <laughs> diligence and make sure you don't get scammed by these people. <laughs> All right, so more yeah, just a lot of bummers. So E three is officially dead. Um, this should come as a surprise though. You know E three's basically been dead since like twenty nineteen. Um, you know it was already kind of going downhill even before COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know if COVID didn't exist, if we live in a world that COVID didn't exist, I still don't really see E three lasting that much longer. Like um. We probably would have gotten it up until now, but you know I think the signs were on the wall. You know Sony left E3. Uh, everyone just hated the ESA and how they did stuff. Um, you know it just Aravi was like just crumbling down Aravi, and you know COVID was kind of just like the final nail on the head to be like okay, like E3 is just basically done for. And you know it, it, it's sad. You know I know a lot of people are like you know kind of cynical about it and stuff, but you know I have a lot of good memories watching E3, and I, I really do love the cringy like presentations and stuff because they're, they're mm-hmm. really memorable to me. You know uh, whenever Ubisoft does something like oh here we go here's the Ubisoft <laughs> one time for some like weird shit. But, um, you know, I've always really enjoyed those. And it's going to be sad that we don't really have anything like that anymore. You know, we usually just get the, here's the trailer, here's the trailer, which is good, you know. But, you know, there's, there's something about E3 that I will always miss. And it is sad that it's basically an end of an era and, you know, kind of dashes my dreams. Like I was like, one day I would like to go E3. And that's never going to happen anymore because it's not <laughs> a thing. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, at this point, we got to just kind of hope that Jeff Keighley kind of, like, picks up the slack, I guess. And, you know, after the Game Awards, I know some people aren't too thrilled about his performance on that stuff. But, you know, I, I do think he has been doing a net positive for the gaming stuff, you know, the gaming news scenes, I guess. You know, mm-hmm. Summer Game Fest isn't as hype as uh, E3 is, but it still gives us some pretty good announcements. And Game Awards always usually brings in some good stuff as well. So um, those are kind of the two big shows nowadays. And E3 is kind of just uh, relic of the past but i am definitely gonna miss it like sincerely (laughs) so yeah i mean with the day and age of the internet it's kind of easy for all these companies to just be like well like with nintendo directs uh playstation showcases state of plays whatever you know they can do their own sort of mini e3 whenever they want it doesn't have to be during that uh summer only period you know back in the the day before the internet and everything like that that's when everyone was doing it so i was like all right well if if everyone's gonna have the news 
here, we might as well go there and maybe we could take some of that spotlight a little bit. But nowadays, obviously, everyone's sort of doing their own thing. When PlayStation pulled out, I think that that was like a really big sign for a lot of people to be like, hey, you know, like, how long is E3 going to stay around? Obviously, a lot of people go to these things to play the early demos, to get the interviews, to get the early press, all that other stuff. And I hope that Summer Games Fest is able to do that. Like you said, Jeff Keighley, he is trying his best. He's trying his goddamn best to be a positive influence on the games industry. And I think he has done a wonderful job so far obviously the game awards is very recent and sort of what has happened there has not been all that great but i know that he had his utmost best intentions and you know certain things went wrong there where they weren't allowed or where they didn't give the games people more time on stage and they let celebrities sort of take over the show for a bit which hopefully next year it is maybe more of a balance more of the opposite who knows but you know hopefully summer games fest will be able to take over e3 and sort of give us that you know summer summer uh i guess season of just like game announcements and gaming excitement as usual but yeah you know e3 no more thing anymore it is what it is uh like you said if if it wasn't for covid it probably would have died around here but um you know e3 we've we've talked about it counselously you know we've talked about it over and over again but yeah it's dead Moving on from there, another thing that is dead is the Last of Us online game. Uh, Naughty Dog uh, put out their own little blog statement, sort of a a thing that I was alluding to with the whole online thing where they could just announce things whenever they want. Uh, they have uh, formally announced that the Last of Us online game that they were working on is now just dead in the water. Uh, there were screenshots and other things like that leaked uh, that I will not exactly talk about here, but th- I believe there was like a battle pass and other things like that. It looked like it was in like its alpha slash beta stages, um, but they pretty much had to make a choice whether they wanted to invest into this game for years and years to come, or if they wanted to continue doing the single player games that Naughty Dog is very known for. And they obviously chose the latter where they, Hey, you know what? We're going to keep doing our single player stuff. Cause that's where obviously they thrived in. And that sort of their sort of, you know, I guess where, where they know what they're doing. I don't even yeah. know what the fuck I'm trying to say here, but you know, it is understandable. I just wish that uh, these online games didn't have to be so goddamn expansive expensive and so expansive in mm-hmm. in that way too where it's like it has to be like a constant thing with a battle pass and all this other stuff like yeah. i liked it back when uncharted 2 just had like this little multiplayer mode where yeah. people were just shooting people or whatever you know it didn't have to be like this whole big thing obviously you know you gotta monitor it to make sure that people aren't like cheating or whatever but i think making these things like live servicey i think that that is like the biggest crush that playstation is facing right now yeah i mean you know, when you make a live service game, it's like, you know, it's very hard. Like, I think Bungie was just like, yeah, making a live service game is like very, very difficult. And you mm-hmm. basically have to put all your resources into this one game. Like, you can't really have two games at once, let alone being like, a, like I guess, a studio that's more known for single player games. And you want to keep making those big single player games. But you also have to make this live service game, which also basically dedicates like a whole studio to make. Um, mm-hmm. But like you said, um, it's kind of weird that like it had to be a life service thing like it couldn't just be like a multiplayer thing that I, I, like a lot of people just said they just wanted factions too like it didn't have to be a life service game it could have just been you know you drop in like just the game and then you just play it like even from years from now it doesn't get updates or whatever like it still is just a fun multiplayer thing you could play mm-hmm. but you know um i think when games come out like that it just it they don't come out like that anymore like it has <laughs> to be a life service game or else it just won't work for a lot of developers anymore which is sad because i feel like we don't get a lot of games like that anymore and you know i, I feel like they just did factions too i just made a free update for last of us part two 
uh, I think a lot of people would have been happy. Like, I, I don't think a lot of people were even wanted a live service like Last of Us game. They just wanted mm-hmm. factions. That's all they really wanted. Um, but I'm glad Naughty Dog did see that, like, hey, uh, you know, we want to focus on single-player games still. Like, that's where our expertise is. Like, that's where, you know, a lot of people come to our games for, not really for online stuff. So we're just going to focus on that. And I think that's great. You know, I, I feel like the initiative, like, Jim Ryan was trying to do was, like, we want, like, 4D life service games or whatever. Um, <laughs> that's really falling by the wayside because a lot of the Sony mm-hmm. studios are just like, uh, we don't want to. Like, it looks like they work on them, but then they're just like, we, we're not into this, and then they just stop, which is great. You know, I think, like, they should focus on what they're good at, and they're, all Sony studios are usually better at the cinematic, you know, single-player, like, adventure-type games. Like, that's just what the Sony studios like to do. So um, try and make them do these things that could honestly bankrupt the whole-ass studio. Uh, <laughs> It's just not worth it at that point. And I think this was a smart, like, call from Naughty Dog. Uh, but, yeah, it still sucks for people that were looking for factions, too, because at this point, it probably would never happen. Yeah, it just sucks that, you know, all of these studios and all of these games have to be, like, these massive multiplayer things when I feel like, like we've talked about in the past when it comes to life service stuff, everyone has, like, their own little life service game that they're already into. Most people that aren't into the life service stuff are not really gaming all that much, in my opinion. I feel like a lot of people that don't play, like, Fortnite or something like that, you know, like, they don't play a lot of games, and then, obviously, if they do play Fortnite, that's the only life service thing that they really attach themselves to. You know, if they were to create factions too, that wasn't just, like, a life service thing. They could have easily, like you said, just added it on. It's, like, a free update or something like that make it like a free-to-play thing and then just like sell skins or whatever just like sell skins maybe uh sell some other stuff maybe level xp boosts or something like that have like a free battle pass built in there i don't know you know there's obviously other ways to make money off this that doesn't have to be like this big massive live service game because like we've talked about a hundred times on this show before it's like people have their own live service stuff Mm-hmm. yeah it's just like hard to break into it like i feel like most people have time for maybe like two <laughs> and that's mm-hmm. it <laughs> like you know like i feel like i rotate over a few like you know final fantasy 14 warframe like Fortnite now mm-hmm. uh you know i'm like overwatch i was playing a bit but now i'm just like it's just too samey it doesn't change enough so i just don't feel that invested into it anymore uh you know there's a lot of life service game has to do to keep you invested and um you know that i'm glad naughty dog really saw that it was a lot of work ahead of them like years and forever to keep maintaining this game so i think they made the right call but like you said i I wish not everything had to be a life service game (laughs) even though i do like them but yeah not everything has to be a life service game yep so next we got more sony stuff so spider-man's 2 new game plus has been delayed to january 2024 um you know a little sad you know maybe i was hoping for it to be like around for christmas time or something um but you know if any more work then fine um and you know this seems to be a general i guess like strategy from sony um to actually make their new game pluses later because um you know a lot of people are like well why why are these new game pluses delayed and stuff or why do they come out later and for me obviously like they do put some more effort into them than other games do like i know the god of war ones like they added like new loot or some new bosses so that's pretty cool um you know i know like alan wake i know this is not a sony thing but alan wake also had delayed new game plus but added like a whole new ending and shit so that's cool Mm -hmm. um but you know uh, a lot of the time it also is just like uh like just to boost sales right because it's just like maybe like a month or two later you know when people aren't as much buying the game it'd be like oh but a new update is out you can play new game plus now it's like oh okay let me go back into you know engagement and shit you know Mm -hmm. how it is so like i I feel like it's also a part of it as well um but if they make the new game plus like a bit media than just playing through the game again i'm down with that uh you know that's always cool uh again it's always good to have it right away like like if a ratchet game didn't have like challenge mode from the start that'd be a little weird to me but um (laughs) 
for other games, I'm just like, okay, I get it. Like, you know, it, and it, sometimes it's nice to like go back to the game and be like, oh, I have a new game plus to play. Because a lot of people aren't going to jump into a new game plus immediately. They, maybe they'll wait like a month or two to do it. So it, it makes sense to delay it. But um, yeah, I mean, I still like it when it's just there. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, just for a correction on my part, I put it January 2024 in the notes. It says early 2024. I hope that it's January, but yeah, yeah, I mean, <laughs> New Game Plus uh, is, is is a feature that people have been waiting for ever since the game came out. Obviously, this is something that has been added on for the first Spider-Man in 2018. Uh, they, did not, they, they did not have New Game Plus on there. And with this one, it seems like that they're adding a bunch of new features that uh, should have been there, such as changing the time of day. But also, yeah. I guess, like fan requests, such as swapping the tendril colors and things like that. I'm sure that they're also trying to figure out a way to have like the different symbio costumes play out throughout your new game plus playthrough because i'm pretty sure when you are playing the game it's going to default to the regular black suit stuff so i'm sure that they're trying to figure a way out to get around that it's a bunch of programming and whatnot that i don't know as like a you know just like a got another guy online just talking about video games but <laughs> yeah i think new game plus modes for the most part if, if if it's something as big as this or something as big as like alan wake 2 where they're like adding a whole new ending and a bunch of new voice memos and things like that like okay yeah then it's fine to like delay the new game plus a bit uh and obviously you know get that engagement back up again but you know, when it's something, I guess, like more simple, such as like a challenge mode within Ratchet and Clank, it's like, all right, yeah, like that should be in the game from the start. Would I like it to be there from the start? Obviously, but if they're doing a lot more complicated things and there's a lot of things that are that they're moving around and obviously like it's a whole new build of the game. It's on the PlayStation 5. I understand why it wasn't there at launch, but, you know, having it delayed this much, I think is a little egregious obviously i get it you know time crunch and everything like that you know they've been working on this game for years and they're still working on it now because they're trying to get this new game plus update out and everything like that so i'm not gonna give insomnia too much flack especially with the recent news that's been going on over there so you know it is very understandable for them to take their time with this and they want to make sure that hey you know like we they low-key they kind of rushed spider-man 2 out because obviously like it wasn't perfect when when it came out there was multiple bugs glitches and the like on there so for this new game plus i'm sure that they're trying to make sure that everything fucking works with this free update when when it comes out that everything works nothing is like buggy or messed up because if it is it's gonna end up on twitter and then everyone's gonna know about it and yeah yeah you know how twitter is <laughs> yep exactly so you know i understand why they are delaying it and uh, hopefully it'll come out sooner rather than later but you know what everything going on i i'm gonna just let them take their time you know, always good to let them take their time. <laughs> <laughs> Next thing we got here is Marvel's Blade. Uh, we got some new concept art from Arcane's uh, newest game. Uh, it is. Uh, they have confirmed that it is going to be a third-person action game. Mm -hmm. It's not going to be something like a Death Loop or a Dishonored where it's all first-person. Uh, and this concept art pretty much shows uh, how they want to stylize this version of Blade. It looks pretty cool. It pretty much looks like a, a comic book, so I really do like that. Uh, but also, you know, there's... All, Obviously, like people talking about, like you know, this is made by the same people that made, uh, or they're under Bethesda, which is under Xbox. Is this going to be like an Xbox exclusive kind of thing? No one really knows yet. They're sort of you know keeping that hush hush quiet quiet right now. Um, but you know, I am very excited to see what this new Blade game has to offer. I don't really know much about Blade. I still need to watch those old uh, movies that were released <laughs> in the in the early two thousands. But I'm excited to see what this studio is able to do with Blade as a concept. Yeah, I mean, you know, Arcane has been, you know, like a great... I mean, obviously not this year because they released Redfall. <laughs> Redfall was really bad. Um, 
but you know, I I feel like that doesn't discredit all their other games, like you know the Dishonored games, uh, Deathloop, Prey, like all those games have been like phenomenal games for uh, you know I haven't I only played a bit of Dishonored one and a bit of Prey, but they were really good. Um, you know, they definitely know how to make some like really stylized type games. You know, a lot of really interesting stuff going on, and I think if they could do that with Blade, that'd be really interesting. Also, it being like a third person game, which is something they've never done before, uh, I think that's gonna be pretty interesting. Obviously, the, you know, there's a lot, of, <laughs> there's a lot of things that could be bad about it. You know, like because they've never made a third person game, and usually the games are a bit more like um, I don't even know how you describe it, but they're not really action focused. Like they're more like just like. They call like immersive sim type things, so like you could mess with a lot of different stuff, and like other stuff happens. Like it's, it's kind of hard to e- explain that genre of game, but um, you know, straight up action games don't really do too much. Like you know, Redfall was, and that game was garbage. <laughs> <laughs> so um, hopefully this game is able to nail it. And in terms of it being like a Xbox exclusive, um, like I think so. <laughs> like I don't know. Um, like everyone always wants Microsoft to play nice. Which is nice. I mean, it's obviously pro-consumer. Like, I won't complain. Yeah. But, like, in terms of what they want to do, I feel like it has to be a Microsoft exclusive. It's like, well, you get Spider-Man, we'll get Blade, and then we'll just put it on, micro- like, <laughs> Xbox only. Um, and even then, it doesn't hurt too much because you always get it on PC, so it doesn't really hurt, like, my me because <laughs> I have a mm-hmm. PC, PlayStation, and Nintendo stuff. But yeah. um, it, it still is, like, I feel like people are are usually pretty, like, weird in terms of microsoft stuff because like oh no it has to be on everything right I'm like no nah, <laughs> i mean they bought these studios for a reason like they, they yeah. want it to be exclusive they want people to actually buy xboxes and stuff so for them it makes sense obviously as pro consumer stuff like yeah if they put on everything that'd be sick but um you know if they make it an xbox exclusive don't don't be surprised <laughs> so yeah yeah i mean i'm in the same boat as you where i have a ps5 a switch and a pc and i hope that microsoft do make this in exclusive uh just because they they need something they need a w somewhere and you only got starfield yeah (laughs) and starfield was not the best game in the world and i feel like with this game in particular obviously it's part of a franchise it's it's part of a brand so this will attract people to also potentially you know buy an xbox or whatever i might buy an xbox because of this game maybe like a series s or something like that so i'm not investing too much money into it but but, you know, I think that it would also make it so they don't have to develop for like other platforms. You know, they just have to develop for the Xbox consoles and PC and then they don't have to worry about PlayStation. Like, I think that that is completely fine because it is very understandable that when you make a game and it's for everything, you have to make sure that it works on everything because it doesn't. And then it's like, well, this version sucks. So don't get it on this version. And then the other versions will be selling more for good reason so i think that you know if if they want to make it a a xbox exclusive go for it i really don't mind i think that people would be more than than willing to put uh play it on pc or even potentially get a xbox series s or even x if they had that kind of money so uh yeah i'm very excited to see what this uh, blade game has to offer yeah hopefully it's good so i have a reason to buy an xbox <laughs> honestly like the biggest reason why i buy an xbox so i can play like sonic unleashed at 60 frames so like <laughs> that's kind of like the main reason <laughs> yeah give us a, a second reason to get it <laughs> yeah please all right so more now we're back to the to the sad news or i guess like not sad but like bad i news. guess like bad news yeah <laughs> so yeah jonathan majors has been found guilty of third degree assault and harassment uh his sentencing is on february 6th could be up to one year in prison and he's been fired from marvel studios um and in terms of marvel stuff uh obviously king dynasty i think it's just been renamed to like avengers like five over the fuck we're yeah. on now so mm-hmm. um but yeah, uh, so it looks like, you know, there was more overwhelming evidence that he did do what he did with his, uh, I guess, girlfriend. I, I don't even know if it was, they were like together or whatever. But, um, you know, that, we, we talked about that last time and 
Yeah, I mean, it, it sucks. I mean, I, I do think he was a good actor. Like, you know, like, um, I, I didn't watch Creed, but I heard he was really good in that. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, him as Kang was good. Like, he was a really good actor. Um, but, you know, if you're a bad person, then you're a bad person. And, and <laughs> yeah, I'm happy that, you know, he got where he had to go. And uh, Marvel finally fired him. I mean, at least this isn't, like, DC with, uh, what's his face, Flash? Ezra uh, Miller. Yep. Yeah. Like, but it just didn't do anything. They just, like, just let him keep playing the Flash, um, which is just, like, why? Like, I'm, I'm happy. Like, it took a while for Marvel to actually do this. Um, but I'm glad they finally did because, like, yeah. Uh, it just wasn't worth it at this point. Like, why, why keep Kang for so long? If this was, if this was going on in the background, you know. Yeah, I mean, Jonathan Majors is a is a phenomenal actor. Like, we will not take that away from him. But obviously, he's done some really bad things, uh, some behind the scenes stuff that has now come to light within this uh, court case trial and you know, text messages, video evidence, all the all the things like that. So, you know, he has now been found guilty of those charges and he will uh face the consequences for them i think that that is fair enough obviously some people may you know still be dick riding him or whatever the case is but you know what whatever you know it is it is what it is he he he's been caught he's been charged and everything like that and you know after his prison time i wonder if he'll still even have a career if it if at all, I wonder if any studio or any agency would even want to touch him to, you know, sort of get him jobs within the industry because it's it's looking kind of rough for him right now. Obviously, like some people are calling this like the biggest bag fumble of like all fucking time. Which yeah, is true really. Yeah, because like he he had it like he pretty much mm-hmm. had everything. But obviously there were certain things that he, that he was doing within his personal life that was not that great. Uh, but yeah, you know, with the whole Marvel Studios MCU stuff, you know, whatever Marvel feels is right to do, uh, I hope that it's good. Uh, whether they recast Kang or not, I really don't care either way, as long as it makes sense in the whole grand scheme of things. Obviously, the MCU is sort of in a, obviously a, a much weirder state than it was before, but now it's just like, okay, yeah, like, where are we going to pivot? Like, are we going to keep doing this Kang shit and just recast someone, or are we going to uh, pivot to a whole new villain or something like that? So, you know, only time will tell when we when we figure that out but you know for now uh, i'm just glad that uh majors was sort of you know charged and everything like that but yeah he was he was pretty much great and and everything that he was in i believe in 2023 or maybe even last year you know he was great in ant-man great in creed but you know not a good person <laughs> yeah i mean, it can't be like you can't separate art from artists at that point because it's just like well <laughs> it's just like you kind of feel bad now but yeah, it, it does suck. Like like you said, it's like biggest fumble ever. Like mm-hmm. if he just was like just a better person, like he would have like a fantastic acting career because he was great. Like even in Loki, like I loved his performance in Loki. But um, yeah, that's just that's just how it is. And I'm glad that, <laughs> you know, the people he heard are just fine. And, um, you know, I know us talking about, like, oh, the future of the MCU, though. I know that's a little like yeah, insensitive yeah, yeah. and stuff. But, you know, I'm, I'm glad things ended up pretty OK. So um, uh, hopefully Marvel does a better job with like making sure people they cast are like in a good light, because when you have like multi-year contracts, you definitely want to make sure you're doing like a bunch of research on that <laughs> stuff. But let's just see what, what happens in the future. Um, again, Marvel in a weird spot. So we'll see what happens. All right. So the last bit of news we got here is Bobby Kotick is finally leaving Activision Blizzard on December 29th. So he will be stepping down from his long serving CEO position. Uh, Too long. He will will no longer be part of the company. So, 
Yeah, I mean, obviously, this is something that I'm sure Microsoft and Phil Spencer were looking at very closely to be like, hey, well, now we got Activision Blizzard. Uh, we got to fucking get this guy out of here <laughs> because obviously he's like a big PR problem. He does not have a really good rep, really good reputation. And now that Microsoft owns them, it's like, all right, yeah, now we can kind of move pieces around and sort of figure out what they want to do with these IPs and sort of help them uh, get these franchises and whatnot back into the limelight. So yeah, you know, obviously this was a long thing that was supposed to happen a while ago, but now that it's happening, I'm sure a lot of people are happy about it. Yeah. I mean, I really hope Blizzard gets better. Um, you know, I mean, if we were just talking about Jonathan, (laughs) Blizzard's like that as a company where I'm just like, like, I like a lot of the IPs. Like, you know, like I I really do. Like Starcraft is like definitely one of my favorite franchises ever. Like I I love Starcraft too. Uh, even Overwatch and, and stuff and Diablo, but you know, it could be hard when, you know, knowing what you know after all the, the Blizzard stuff happened and it, it just kind of hard to, like, support them. Mm-hmm. And I'm hoping moving forward they could get better and get better management under Microsoft and stuff like that. Um, like, you know, I know, like, that corruption and stuff runs deep and you're never going to get rid of all of it. But mm-hmm. I really do hope the company does get better, at least working condition-wise. Like, hopefully everyone just gets treated better. No one's getting harassed or anything because that's just terrible. Um, and again, hopefully under Microsoft, things could get better, but again, I don't know. I mean, it's multi-million dollar company and multi-million dollar company. I get it. But you know, I, I just want the best for these developers and I don't want the games I like being made under horrible conditions and stuff like that. And, uh, if they could finally fix that stuff, uh, in Blizzard, that'd be great. I, I, I like do doubt it though, but we'll see. Like I, I, you know. I doubt he was the main reason, right? Like, there's mm-hmm. there's so many different factors with, with that type of stuff. But uh, hopefully, with him gone, it, it's a good step forward. But you know, again, he left with a golden parachute. He's not getting punished because <laughs> that's just how the world works, unfortunately. But at least he's gone now, so that's uh, that's good, at least. Yeah, uh, as a first step of many into uh, bringing back Activision Blizzard into a better spot. Yep. All right, so now we're going to talk about our best games of 2023. So, Damien, I know I told you you were supposed to message me on Discord with it, but instead we're just going to drop it in this Google Doc file because I just realized if I do anything, I'm going to mess up your face cam. So we're just going Uh to uh, drop it in the Google Doc file. So I'm going to just do mine real quick. (laughs) Uh, Okay, there's yours. All right, cool. So now we got both of them here. Uh, so to the audio listeners and to those watching on YouTube, you'll see our list. But otherwise, uh, if you're listening uh, on one of the services, I'll go first. So my top 10 games going from 1 to 10. I got Spider-Man 2, Pikmin 4, Sonic Dream Team, Super Mario Bros. Wonder, Party Animals, The Murder of Sonic the Hedgehog, Bokura, Sonic Superstars, Bit Trip Runner, Bit Trip Rerunner, I should say, and Counter-Attack Uprising. Yeah, and for me, uh, this was really hard to do for me, by the way. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> except the first one, Zelda Tears of the Kingdom for my number one. Final Fantasy 16 for two, uh, Spider-Man 2, uh, Pikmin 4, Mario Brothers Wonder, Hi-Fi Rush, Boulder's Gate. Here's a funny one. Xenoblade 3 Future Redeemed. Yes, it counts. <laughs> uh, the Dead Space remake and Fire Emblem Engage. All right. So, I mean, your list is kind of like what I expected. Obviously, you know, uh, we do share some of the games on here. I could see why you didn't put Sonic Superstars on here because no. <laughs> you played you played far more games than me, which is usually what happens every single year. But next year, next year, I'll, 
I will outdo you, hopefully. We'll see. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I really enjoyed this year of gaming, even though I didn't really play everything, obviously. You know, I did play Baldur's Gate 3. It's not really my kind of game, personally. I didn't get to try Tears of the Kingdom just yet, but I know it's pretty much just more Breath of the Wild, just even better. Uh, but, you know, there were obviously like a few standout games this year that I really enjoyed, such as Party Animals. Uh, we don't really talk about it on this podcast, but every single time we play with oh, our group of, of friends, yeah. yeah, man, I'm fucking crying, crying, laughing every single time because <laughs> it's, it's just, so stupid it really is just like better gang beast which is what i was really hoping would be and i'm I'm happy it is you know the microtransaction stuff is kind of egregious and stuff but Mm -hmm. i do think the main gameplay is super fun there's a ton of game modes too like we were shocked like how many different like game modes there were and they were all pretty fun um honestly just a really fun game and i'm happy it came out good because that game was announced forever ago and i'm like i really hope this is like a game that's like good and better than gang beast because gang beast is a ton of fun it's just so broken Mm -hmm. and yeah party animals is that just like really good Yeah, pretty much a polished version of Gang Beast. You know, there's so many different, obviously, animal skins and things like that that you can mess around with. And like you said, the different modes are expansive. So, you know, it is a lot of fun. uh, And I cannot wait to keep playing that game for hopefully years to come. Uh, But, you know, all of the other games I really got on here, you know, three of them are indie games that I got a chance to try out this year, thanks to uh, some free codes that I've received. But, you know, Bokura is the one that really stood out to me the most because it's a puzzle platformer where pretty much two players have different camera angles and you really have to work together to really figure out what the hell is going on here uh but yeah it is a lot of fun the story is also kind of interesting you know it's a much lesser known sort of i guess like indie game if you will uh i'm not exactly sure if it did come out this year or whatnot but you know what i played it this year and sort of a game that i discovered and whatnot so yeah yeah uh i guess uh i mean i guess i could just start from the top i I guess i could say like this year has been fantastic for video games obviously for the industry it's been not great (laughs) but Mm -hmm. um (laughs) you know it's hard to talk about it without talking about that stuff but in terms of just like video games that came out this year like i legit think it was one of the the best in a a long time well not in a long time but it's been the best in a bit uh 2017 was probably the next like last year that was like extremely good Mm -hmm. uh but each year always has like a bunch of games i really look forward to but this year in particular i could have done the top 20 like that's how many games (laughs) there were there was a lot that had to be like okay what games i were really thinking about the whole year and i feel like this is a really good list i spent like 30 minutes last night really mulling it over and being like i think this is what i like like i think this is what deserves to be in the top 10 and i feel like the top three were basically like she wins for me it just Mm -hmm. depended on what the placement was so Zelda Tears of the Kingdom, I mean, that was my game of the year. I basically kept saying that the whole year, and it is. Um, you know, it, it basically does, I think, everything Breath of the Wild does, but better. Um, you know, I never thought I would have that same feeling again that Breath of the Wild had when I first, like, walked on Hyrule, just walking around, just the the scope of the game, like, all the like the adventures you could go on to. I, I never thought I would have that, like, feeling again. And then as soon as I finished, like, the little tutorial island in Tears of the Kingdom and then went straight back down to Hyrule, I was like, oh, shit. Here it is. Like, I'm feeling it again. And I felt it the whole time. I played, like, I think I played, like, 140 fucking hours of this game or something. Like, it was, I played a lot of it. Um, and I didn't even scratch the surface. I did all the shrines. Obviously, I did the main story and stuff. But I only explained maybe half of the depths. I, I, I explored all the Sky Islands. Uh, I barely did any of the side quests, which are a lot better in this game. Um, just everything about the game has been so much, it's just so good. Ultra hand is such a fun mechanic to make your own little stupid vehicles and do dumb stuff <laughs> with, um, uh, which are the temples I think are a lot better. Obviously they're still not as good as, um, you know, standard Zelda dungeons or whatever. Like uh, the mainline 3d games are still better with that, but I think they did a better job balancing the dungeons and the open world gameplay. I would still like to see a bit more, I guess, cohesion with that stuff, but 
either way, I, I legit think it's like a 10 out of 10. Like, Tears of the Kingdom is a very good game and fixes, like, most of the problems that I had with Breath of the Wild, which were very, like, kind of few for me because I love Breath of the Wild. So, um, I don't know. Maybe you want to talk about your your game of the year as well? I mean, so, yeah. I mean, I, I guess we could both talk about gonna, I don't know how we're going to do this. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll just figure it out as we go. Okay. But yeah, you know, <laughs> Spider-Man 2 is my game of the year, even though it has a lot of problems. And, you know, Spider-Man Twitter is all over the place now where they hate the story. They hate the adaptation of that. Yeah, they hate everything. Like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they hate Spider-Man the most out of everyone. But me personally, I still love the game. You know, I'm still want, trying to go through it in, like, 100%. It. I, I wish I, would, I did it before uh, this podcast episode. But you know what? I, there's still a lot of stuff that I kind of skipped over as I was playing the game just because I was trying to just play the game and get through it but you know the game has a lot of depth there's a lot of stuff going on here you know these stories may not be the best there are certain things that I wish were better and whatnot but I without a doubt like I really love what they did with Harry as a character you know I love what they did with his relationship as as Peter's best friend and sort of how he was he was introduced in the beginning of the game and everything like that you know and then uh with the gameplay aspects obviously like the web swinging the goddamn web wings you know I I tried to go back and play Spider-Man 2018 the uh, remaster because I still have yet to 100% that and every single time I was trying to like block and like parry and like use like the web wings and I'm like oh yeah I'm playing like the older game so you know a lot of like the gameplay aspects is just so so good uh and you know i still like the story there are obviously certain things that i wish were better which i won't spoil here i almost spoiled it like five seconds ago but you know what i'm trying to like <laughs> hold myself back but yeah i i really wish that this game had maybe like six months or maybe up to like a year or more just like polish mm-hmm. things out maybe even flesh the story out just a little bit more i'm not exactly sure if that's how much time they need but you know what however much time they needed to flesh out that last act is like my biggest concern with the game even then it is still my game of the year because you know i i love pikmin 4 like which i will talk about soon but really spider-man 2 was like so much fun for me yeah so like for me it, it was i feel like final fantasy 16 and Spider-Man 2 have, like, a lot of, like, similar issues, but, like, kind of different sides of the coin, which is why it was really hard for me to pick which, like, if it was number two or three. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like Final Fantasy 14 has, like, horrible pacing issues, where it was just, like, you do this really, really hype thing, and then you have, like, hours of, like, nothing. And I th- I feel like Spider-Man 2 needed more <laughs> to really, like, sort of, like... <laughs> like, the pacing was really good till like, the halfway point in Spider-Man 2. Then things just went, like, rapid-fire mode, and, like... I think it just needed a few more hours. Like maybe it needed like maybe three or four more hours. Or maybe like three-ish like more hours. Like I feel like Act Three is definitely the sloppiest of the game. But mm-hmm. I still think the game is really good. Like I think you know I think a lot of things that people bring up about it are fair criticisms because uh, you know I, there are problems with the game. But I, you know people saying like this game sucks or whatever. I do think that is a bit <laughs> of an exaggeration. Yeah. Um, you know the gameplay wise, it's great. Like you know the swinging, like you said, it feels so good. Uh, I haven't gone back to 2018 since two. But I, I'm sure if I did, I'll be like, yo, this feels like shit now like, compared to, um, <laughs> to compared to Spider-Man 2. The web wings are super fun to to use. You know, I love like comboing like my wings and web swinging and then do like the little boosty like whatever the fuck it was called. <laughs> I remember you called it like, the air dash thing you have. Yeah. Uh, combat was also great. Like the like the symbiote powers were super fun to use. Uh, Miles is obviously still fun to use as well. Um, you know, I, I think gameplay wise, it's great. I also think that the open world activities were, you know, there were, I think there was less of them this time around, but it definitely felt like they felt a little more worthwhile to do than the first game. Like the first game had like four enemy bases to do. And it was just like kind of a drag. I feel mm-hmm. like this game, the uh, open world activities did feel a lot more to the point and uh, just felt a lot more worthwhile to do in general. Um, and yeah, I still think the game is great. I just feel like, you know, uh, if you were told, if the game like had like, it's hard to describe, but that. I'm like, this is my number two. <laughs> like, oh, I, 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 
spoiled it, but whatever. You censor that. <laughs> but that part, that part was really good. And then after that, it went to Act 3, and I still liked it a lot, but I'm like, okay, I can see where the, the problems are and what, what the reviewers were saying in terms of story and stuff. But again, the game is still very good. I think it was a great follow-up, and um, I'm still really excited for the future of um, of this uh, Asarnia X series. Uh, I guess I'll talk about my number two since I was talking about it. Uh, mm-hmm. Final Fantasy 16. So yeah, uh, 16 also has a lot of issues as well. Like I think the game is still like a nine out of ten for me. Like I loved it, and the high moments are like legit ten out of tens. Like like some of the boss fights are are some of the best I've played in any video game in terms of spectacle. Um, mm-hmm. they're, they're just like fucking fantastic. Like the music is great, the voice acting is really good, the game looks pretty great. Um, but then things kind of you know, like I said, the pacing is like the really big issue. Like you would do this really really hype boss fight that's super sick, and then you just have like four hours of like gathering like goat butts or whatever and just like okay <laughs> like like th- and there's some good side quests too but i feel like a majority of the side quests are like really mmo feeling and you know that's sort of because the people that made this made final fantasy 14 which i love obviously but i do feel like this game could have had a better pace it didn't have to be like 60 some hours long it could have been like 30 honestly um and that, that's sort of the biggest issue with this game. Plus, the combat and RPG elements. Um, basically, there is no RPG elements, even though it's an RPG. <laughs> like, everything is very bare. Like, it's just like, oh, your stat goes up, and that's about it. Like, there's no elemental weaknesses. There's no, like, the skill tree is very just non-existent. Like, you just pick up a skill, and that's about it. Um, so I feel like they went way too hard on the action. And even then, I feel like Final Fantasy VII, like, Remake just does that stuff better in terms of gameplay. Like, I think I still like this game better in terms of story than seven remake which is you know i I still love both games a lot but uh, in terms of combat i think seven remake like blows it out of the water in terms of like just having like complexity it's rpg elements and being action-based still uh but with all that being said i think 16 was still really good and still made with a lot of love like the people who made this really put the all into it and you can feel that with every fucking boss fight they're they're so good (laughs) um and that's why i still think it it, it maintained my number two like spider-man 2 was very close to doing it if act 3 was just a bit better but i think 16 overall i think i still enjoyed uh a bit more just a bit more it was really hard these two to place them but yeah all right uh Uh, i guess we could talk about the next game on both of our lists you put at number four very fitting Uh, i put at number two (laughs) pikmin 4 i mean Mm -hmm. obviously i'm a huge fucking pikmin nut i've loved this franchise ever since pikmin 3 came out 10 years ago on the wii u ever since then i've been a pikmin stand and i've been waiting for this (laughs) sequel ever since every goddamn since and when we got that announcement trailer during the nintendo direct which i believe was also this year i can't exactly remember or maybe i think it was late or maybe it was late last year i don't remember anyways ever since it was formally announced i was like okay yeah pikmin 4 let's fucking go uh and it delivered honestly like this is like one of the two nintendo games that i put that i played this year they're both on my top five list and it was just super polished super well done it really brought you back into the pikmin world it really polished what pikmin 2 was doing with the dungeons and everything like that there's just enough pikmin types where it feels just enough that you're not feeling too overwhelmed where you have to carry like all of these pikmin types at once they limit to i believe three types that you can only carry at a time pochi is amazing awesome fantastic addition and yeah honestly i cannot really sing its praises enough i still have to go back and like 100 it but i really loved what they did with pikmin 4 and honestly if you haven't played a pikmin game ever you can jump right into this one don't be scared by the by that number four, you can jump into this one because the first hour or so is like just full of tutorials, which is a negative for me personally because I'm like, okay, I know what the fuck I'm doing, but like I understand that like they want to make sure that everyone knows what they're doing. 
Yeah, so, you know, this has been a journey for me because, um, you know, <laughs> Pikmin was always a series and, you know, I never played. Uh, I've always meant to play. And I was just like, like, uh, I was like, should I just jump into it or whatever? And then in one of the directs, they're like, oh, play Pikmin 1 and 2 on Switch. And I already had three deluxe. So I'm like, fuck it. I'm going to do all of them. <laughs> <laughs> so I did Pikmin 1, 2, and 3. And then as soon as I finished 3, 4 came out, which was perfect. So after playing all those three games, I'm like, this series is fantastic. I love it. I can see why people like it so much. I mean, I really like RTSs. And this game is such a unique spin on that. And then Pikmin 4 was legit, like, fan-fucking-tastic. Like, I was, like, <laughs> shot. If you would have told me Pikmin 4 would have been my top five, I would have, like, been like, really? <laughs> but it is, like, it really is a great game. And it takes the best aspects of basically every Pikmin game. You know, you have, like, the three, like, Pikmin from, like, uh, Pikmin 1. Like, so it's not, like, too crazy in terms of, like, Pikmin combinations. You have mm-hmm. the dungeon crawling for Pikmin 2, but done way better. Um, and then in Pikmin 3, you have, like, a, a bunch of the, the multiple captains again. Well, it's not multiple. You have Ochi, which kind of counts as a, as a captain. But they do kind of reel it back a bit. But you still have, mm-hmm. like, that Pikmin 3 type stuff in there as well. All the modern conveniences and stuff. But, um, you know, this game is just packed with content. So much to do. Like, it took me 30 hours to basically do everything. The only things I haven't done were those really hard trials at the end, which I am not oh, good yeah. enough to do. So <laughs> I, I didn't even attempt to do them. Like, I, I think I got, like, halfway through. I'm like, I can't do this. But I did everything else in the game, and it, it felt super worthwhile. Like, th- there's a moment, like, in this game, and I'm, like, surprised it wasn't DLC. I'm like, this isn't DLC? Like, I could just do this? That's crazy. <laughs> so, yeah, th- it, this definitely felt like the, the it was worth, like, the 10-something year wait from Pikmin 3 to 4. Like, they packed this game with a bunch of content. And uh, it was just super good. Like, it, it looks great. Uh, the, the game is just super addicting still. Uh, you know, I've always really loved the treasure. Well, I, I love the treasure mechanic in Pikmin 2. I think that game was just, like, it just didn't do it good enough. Uh, I think Pikmin 4 really realized, like, how to do it and it did it really well by having like these handcrafted dungeons instead of them being randomly generated uh which <laughs> like really helps a lot of the issues dungeons had so yeah pikmin 4 extremely good like I, i'm i'm happy i finally played the whole series and i had no doubt it was gonna be in my top five after i played it so yeah yep now here's to another 10 years for pikmin 5 <laughs> <laughs> yep 10 more years for pikmin 5 yep uh but yeah i mean i'll let you pick another one of your games and then we could just go from there Okay, uh, I guess we could talk about uh, Mario Wonder. Um, yeah. So this is like my sorry, my last game on my top five. Um, it was great. Like it was amazing as well. <laughs> like again, Nintendo fucking killed it this year. Like half yeah. of my list is Nintendo games, and that really shows how insane they were this year. And that's not even to mention like Metroid Prime Remaster, which I was I was close to putting here, but I felt like it was slow too. Like you know, I feel it was a remaster. Feels a little bit cheating, so I didn't. Uh, mm-hmm. But either way, Mario Wonder is really good. You know, I feel like we've been waiting for like a really good two D Mario since probably. Like I, I like the new Super Mario games. Like I think New Super Mario Brothers, like the first one on DS, is like like really good. And mm-hmm. the Wii one is also really good because you know it introduced like the local co-op, and I have a lot of good memories with that as well. But you know I feel like after that it started to get a bit samey. You know like the 3DS one was probably the worst one because like oh here's the coins and like, <laughs> right, who cares about that? Yep. And then you have. Um, you know, the Wii U one was also good, but also felt a bit, you know, it was just like, we've seen this before. Like, you know, the aesthetic is not really doing it for anyone anymore. Um, you know, you could add new power-ups, so it's like, who really cares? Uh, Wonder really felt like a, like a breath of fresh air for, like, 2D Mario. I, I I said to my brother, I'm like, this feels like a 3D Mario game, but, like, 2D, with the amount of quality it has. You know, the, the animations are so lively and fun. The game looks, like, amazing on Switch. Uh, the new power-ups are really fun to use as well. Like, Elephant Mario is just fun to just run around and hit people with your trunk <laughs> and shit. Um, and, of course, the Wonder Flowers are amazing, you know, just changing the whole stage, like, halfway through. So, like, maybe a different gameplay style or, like, it's, like, a musical now. 
Um, it's just great. Like, it's just a wonderful, I know, it's fucking fun. <laughs> it's a, but it is a wonderful experience from start to end. Like, really, the only downside of this game is the boss fights being, like, kind of lame. Like, yeah. the final boss is good, but all the Bowser Jr. fights, I'm like, eh, it's kind of lame. I, and it sucks, because I feel like they could have done some really creative fights with the Wonder Flowers and stuff. But, um, but yeah, unfortunately, that's just, like, the only downside to it. Uh, and I guess it may be being a bit too easy for some, you know, more veteran Mario fans, but I don't mind that. I feel like as long as the game is, like, fun and creative, I'm probably going to value that a bit more than challenge. And even then, the game still has, like, a plenty of challenging levels, especially, like, the final, final trial. That shit took me, like, an hour, and it was, like, hard. <laughs> so, but yeah, Mario Wonder is, is just fantastic. I, I loved it. Yeah, I mean, this is the most polished 2D Mario game yet. I mean, there's a reason why they took so long between New Super Mario Bros. U to get to here. Obviously, we had Mario Maker 1 and 2 in between, which may be why a lot of fans were like, this shit's too easy, because even fucking playing Kaizel levels for the past however many years in between, right? So I think Mm -hmm. Mario Wonder does a fantastic job of just bringing all of us back into the 2D Mario space where it's like, okay, yeah, like the animations are lively, the characters are more interactive and sort of more expressive. Like this is something that we haven't seen before with the new Super Mario Bros. series. And, you know, that series ran its course. Like after the Wii U game, everyone was like, all right, we're kind of done with this shit. So obviously they took their time. They had thousands of ideas for this game. And obviously they were only to fit so many in here. And the ones that they did put in here were awesome. Obviously the... Mm -hmm. The Wonder Flowers, the Wonder Effects, every single one was creative and new and and insane from the last one. Like, I just loved what this game did for 2D Mario and obviously, like, the multiplayer stuff. Like, there's so many different characters. Like, even though they all pretty much play the same, except for Yoshi and Nabbit, I think that that was fine because obviously we had the badge system. The badge system was, like, the biggest, like, addition for this game. And I think that it worked really well because obviously you can only pick one at a time and most of them were pretty balanced like because you can only pick one one at a at a time and none of them work universally for like every single level like you can choose one to use for every single level but there may be like a badge that may that might be more ideal or more sort of i guess optimal for that level if you will so you know trial and error is very key uh but yeah i just i just love playing this game i still have to go through it you know just like with all of the other games on here and just like 100 percent it because you know i guess that's something that i still have to do it's just have to you know just go back and replay everything once again but yeah mario wonder is by far a standout of this year and it's it it's why it's in my top five it may not be within my top three because i really did like sonic dream team more uh as a sonic fan if you will but um <laughs> yeah mario wonder is like so insanely polished just like with everything else nintendo has released this year yeah, it, it was just great. Yeah, I totally forgot to mention the badges being just a cool system as well. So, yeah, Mario Wonder definitely, like, like deserves my top, like, five spot. <laughs> um, I guess I could go again. I would just switch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Things are going to start to get pretty different. Um, so, Hi-Fi Rush uh, was really good. I, I feel like if this was any other year, it definitely would have been in my top five. But this year was just so stacked that it just couldn't. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it, it definitely is, like, number six for me. Like, Hi-Fi Rush is, like, just... Such such a fun game. Like it, it really does feel like <laughs> like a game, like a lost game from like the PS2 days. Like it's super bright and colorful. Like the art style is just fantastic. The music is really good. It's just a fun like rhythm beat 'em up, which is weird. Like you know, you have to hit your attacks on the beat and stuff, and it makes for some really satisfying and unique gameplay like it's not like breaking new ground in terms of that you know mm-hmm. there's been other games that have done that but i feel like none of them have really like um reached to this level of polish like, it's really fun to do some combos and stuff in this game um and 
like yeah it's just like does what it does really well it's just super charming and like just fun to play through i definitely think you would like this game a lot as well like it's 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 a super good time um and i really do hope there's more of these like i think it's still pretty okay <laughs> i think i think uh phil spencer is like yeah this game was good so i'm like i right, make another one um <laughs> and it's crazy because tango works like made like horror games like this this was like came out left field like they made like uh a crap what was it called uh, oh, they made Ghostwire Tokyo and some, oh man, what was it called? I forget. But they made some other horror game that people liked. So this game kind of came out of nowhere. It was just like, oh, this is like a bright, colorful game. And just the way it was released was like, you know, they were doing this Microsoft, like, like a showcase or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, I guess I'll watch it on my other monitor while I like do something else. And then this game showed up. I'm like, what the fuck is this? This looks sick. <laughs> and then it shadow dropped. I'm like, what? Um, and it was just such a nice surprise. And I- I'm happy that it was able to like, I, you know, I guess retaining a lot of people's memories until now because you know it was a really early game i think it came out like february or january so I, I'm, I'm happy that the game really retained a lot of its like i guess like prestige because i do think it deserves it and it's funny how people are saying oh why doesn't uh you know microsoft didn't get any game of the year nominations you got this one right here this one's super good <laughs> uh, like you know this was also xbox exclusively you know like um and starfield like wasn't going to be there so um but yeah hi-fi rush super fun Really fun beat em up. Really br- brings you back to like the PS2, like early 360 days of this, like having a fun time. And I, I loved it. <laughs> I thought it was great. The boss fights were also fantastic as well. Just great game, top to bottom. I loved it. So, yeah. Yeah, it came out uh, January 25th of this year. And yeah. the other horror game that you're talking about is Evil Within. One yeah, Evil Within. That was the one I was trying to think of. Yes, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I guess I'll talk about Sonic Dream Team. Uh, you might be wondering why it's within my <laughs> top three. Uh, well, recency bias. Uh, we're probably going to show here. If I probably redo this list five years from now, i probably swap Sonic and Mario here. But, you know, Sonic Dream Team was just so much goddamn fun. Like, I mm-hmm. cannot express it enough. You probably watched the earlier part of this episode, so I won't draw it dry it out here too long but yeah i just really love this game it, it just brings back 3d sonic in like the best way possible where it doesn't bring in too many different game mechanics for the different characters that you can play as the level design is so much fun you know having like that mobile aspect of just like having the different acts be like sort of remix versions of those levels where you just have to get to the end of the goal or whatever like it is just a lot of fun and i recently just got the backbone controller for really really cheap so i can now play it properly with an actual joystick and everything so i cannot wait to jump back into it uh 100 the game to a certain extent and maybe check out some other apple arcade titles on there but yeah sonic dream team was just it's just so much fun. Like I I cannot sing his praises enough as much as I already have during this episode. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I I feel like if this game was on console, it it could have been on this list for me as well. Um, You know, the only thing holding it back is the, um, you know, is the controls, which is kind of a big deal for a platformer. Yeah. Uh, even then, it wasn't like horrible. Like it, it was still like super fun to play through. And I legit, you know, I legit think it's one of the best 3D Sonic games in recent memory, which is kind of sad, but also mm-hmm. like really shows how much like love and care to put into this game. Like it, it's one of those examples. Like they didn't have to go this hard, but it did. And they did. <laughs> um, the game was just super fun, really pleasant. Um, like like it's crazy how this like one mobile game is better than like. Um, What's that game called? Forces. Like, like yeah. 100%. Like, I don't know how they did it, but it, it uses the best of, like, boost formula, uh, adventure-type gameplay. Uh, it just did it all really good. Obviously, I'm not going to talk about it too much, because, you know, before this, we had, like, a 40-minute blog talking about it. But, yes, it, it's very good. Uh, Sonic Sonic Gene Team. No, Sonic Gene Team was a very good game. And um, I'm happy it exists, and hopefully it gets ported to consoles, because, like I said in the other part of the show, I, I do want more people to play this. And I would love to, like, basically 100% it, um, if it does go on like switch or something like that would be something I would really look forward to. So hopefully that happens in the next year or so. Um, 
but yeah, I guess next up for me, you know, big game here, Baldur's Gate 3. Um, the reason this is not higher is because I'm playing it with someone and I didn't finish it yet, which does feel a bit cheating, but mm-hmm. I, I have put like 70 hours into it and I'm basically at the very <laughs> end. So I feel like I've, I, I know, like, I know what the final fights are going to be and stuff. So I, I feel like I'm pretty okay putting this here. Uh, Baldur's Gate 3 is, 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 is fantastic. Like it is like a really good Western RPG and it's something I didn't expect it to gain so much uh, clout, I guess. Like, when they were showing this game off, you know, I really like Divinity Original Sin 2, which was, like, the last game they made. Um, mm-hmm. But when they were showing Baldur's Gate 3, like, no one was really talking about it. Like, I'm like, this looks really good. Uh, it looks like a big improvement over Divinity Original Sin 2. And I, I really thought this was going to be a sleeper hit for 2023, but it ended up being the hit of 2023, <laughs> which I did not see coming. Like, as soon as this game came out, that's when it blew up. Um, and it deserves it. You know, everything about the game has been handled with so much care. Um, you know, all the character animations look great, you know, compared to Starfield. I'm going to bring up Starfield a bit here, but, you know, <laughs> compared to Starfield, you know, a lot of the facial animations are like night and day. Like, like this, this studio is way smaller than Bethesda and they killed it with this, the voice acting, the, the, the dialogue choices, uh, just choices in general. There's so many different outcomes you could do in this game that affects like the quest you're on and all that stuff. And, you know, like Bethesda dreams, they could do something like that, you know? Um, I think the combat is a ton of fun. I think it starts off a bit slow, and it's not—it's definitely not for everyone, since it's, it's basically like turn-based tactics type gameplay. And again, mm-hmm. that, that stuff isn't for everyone. But I think as you get deeper into the game and start unlocking more skills and, and perks or whatever, um, I think the combat really starts to shine. I'm playing as like a sorcerer, and by the end game, I could like fling like three spells in one turn and hit for like a hundred damage, and it feels pretty <laughs> sick. Um, and the combat encounters really do challenge you as well. Like they get pretty hard towards the end game. I, granted, this run I, we're basically going full chaotic. Like I'm, we're like killing basically everyone. <laughs> uh, if I was playing the game, I would not be doing that. But you know, like that's just how we're doing things. Um, and it's just a, it's just a ton of fun. Like you know, I, I can't speak too much for the story because there's so many story plots going on and when you're playing with someone else it's kind of hard to pay attention to it i'm not as attentive to the story as i normally would be uh but it's definitely a game i would love to replay since the game is so replayable with so many different uh dialogue choices and story choices and class choices as well to play a whole whole new class and stuff um i'm it's definitely going to be a game i play in the future again because there's just so much to offer in this game you could easily get like hundreds of hours in this game uh, that's just how much stuff there is to this game. <laughs> but I will say, with all that praise out of the way, it, even if I did finish it and play it by myself and stuff, I, I still don't know if it would break top five just because of how buggy Act 3 is. Act 3 is, is very buggy. Um, you know, there was a lot of times where my friend couldn't move, I couldn't move, uh, enemies would just glitch out and, like, just disappear so we couldn't finish a quest or whatever. Um, a lot of crashes as well. They fixed most of this stuff by now. But when I got up to Act 3, it, it was honestly kind of, like, disheartening. I'm like, this kind of sucks. <laughs> so, um, And people were saying that. Like, yeah, Act 3 is pretty rough. And they weren't lying. Act 3 was really rough. Um, I think now they're basically ironed out most of the Act 3 bugs. So it should be fine. And if you start playing it now, you won't get up to Act 3 till like, 50 hours in anyway. So you'll probably mm-hmm. be fine. But I, I do think that is worth addressing because I feel like a lot of people kind of gloss over that. And I don't think that's necessarily fair to some other games. Like, you know, Spider-Man 2 also had bugs, you know, like, you know, some games have bugs. And I feel like with Baldur's Gate 3, it doesn't get mentioned as much uh, as mm-hmm. like other games just because, you know, people really like it, which is fair. I think the game is fucking fantastic. But I think it's important to bring up that I think Act 3 was like, you know, really caught off the oven. But now that's all fixed. And if you're playing on PC, I don't know how the consoles are. But uh, on PC, it, it's a fantastic RPG. Definitely recommend it to anyone that lo- loves these type of games. Uh, and playing it with friends is a good time as well. Like I think it, it's a fun like sort of co-op game as well. So 
yeah, Baldur's Gate 3 is really goddamn good. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I guess I'll pick one of my games from here. I guess I'll top off my, my number eight pick, which is Sonic Superstars. If I play more <laughs> games on here, this game would not be up here. That wouldn't be uh, my top 15, <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> but yeah, you know, Sonic Superstars came out this year. This was uh, pretty much Sonic Team's biggest game biggest sonic game released this year uh and they were going back to 2d sonic uh and they were doing it in 3d and it unfortunately missed a lot of marks i think the main story mode is fine i think that that gameplay is good what you do with those characters what you can do with the emerald powers everything like that the four different characters you could play as all good and dandy there once you get into the post game stuff which i'll talk about a little bit of spoilers here because at this point it's like if you're a sonic camp fan you would know what i'm talking about here but anyways if you don't know once you finish story mode uh you 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 unlock trip story which is a brand new character and you pretty much replay the game all over again with different level design (laughs) yes it sucks it sucks The, the the level design is just bullshit it's stupid and it's honestly kind of a a waste of time i'm just like okay why am i replaying the game here it's not for story reasons really because the little story bits that they add in here is like really nothing honestly and then Mm -hmm. you unlock the last story which is another bullshit final boss because trip story that final boss is already stupid enough as is that the last story final boss is just like what the hell are they doing here what were they cooking and you know i keep saying that they padded out to charge 60 dollars, which is what i still firmly believe obviously nothing's confirmed or anything like that but that's just how i feel it 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 honestly felt like that they made this game 60 dollars just because they wanted to and then they're like all right we have to pad it out somehow so we're just gonna make the player replay the whole game again as this new character trip who is cool you know she is like a nice design and everything like that you know i'm i'm down for new sonic characters even though we have too goddamn many but the way that they introduced her and everything like that it was just it was just not that great and then obviously the levels the the goddamn bosses are just so so stupid and so time consuming that it's just it is just not fun so yeah like those bosses like I, i definitely feel like if you do play the game or you do go out your way to buy it uh, since it's on sale, like it's been on sale like pretty frequently. Um, mm-hmm. You know, if it's like thirty bucks, I think that's fair. I think that's what it should have been priced originally to begin with. But um, you know, if you buy on sale, uh, honestly, just play the main story. Don't bother with trip stuff. Don't bother with the supersonic stuff. It, it really isn't worth it. Like, like the, the trip storyline is just not fun. The bosses take way too <laughs> long to kill. The Fang yep. fight at the end made me want to like actually kill myself. It was terrible. <laughs> and the supersonic fight is just an RNG fest of like if you could get enough rings and if it does the right pattern at the right time. Uh, and your reward for it is just like whatever. Like there's like no story, so like who cares? And it just wasn't very fun. <laughs> but I think underneath all that, it is a good game. Like I think the base stages and like just the base campaign is a fun time. Uh, mm-hmm. It's just everything surrounding it just isn't great. Like, you know, the trip story, the boss fights, and the, the multiplayer is a mess as well. So um yeah, I I, I, I wouldn't put it on my top 10. <laughs> but, you know, there, there's good moments on it. So I will say that. Yeah. All right. So next up for me, it's kind, it's kind of cheating, but kind of not. If people could put Cyberpunk Phantom Liberty on here, I could do this. So Xenoblade <laughs> 3, Future Redeemed. And honestly, this feels a bit more appropriate because it is basically a new game. Because it's, it's, well, it's an expansion, but it's like, it's like a whole new thing. You, it, like Phantom Liberty, you have to play the game the base cyberpunk to get to it this one is just like you just start a new game and there you go so either way future redeem is is, is really good i want to put it higher but i'm like that that <laughs> I, I, that's okay putting it here um this game is just pure fan service for xenoblade fans that have played one and two and three like it basically like this is like the big fan service moments you wanted like oh here's the characters from one and two interacting and it's fucking sick um <laughs> like you know this is what i kind of wanted from xenoblade 3 like i still love that game like a lot mm-hmm. uh, you know like a ton but it, there were some moments where I'm like, I wish 
wish they did more with the crossover aspects of that game. I, but I get it. I didn't want to focus on the, the the original characters for that game. And I think that's fair. But this game is basically like, okay, here's all the things that you wanted. Like, here's all the interactions you want to see and stuff. And it was amazing. Um, and in terms of gameplay and stuff, obviously it's the more standard Xenoblade fair. Like, you know, it's like sort of like MMO light type thing. You know, you have your tank healers and DPS and you do stuff. But I, I do really enjoy how they did exploration and leveling up in this game. Where obviously you level up the same, but to get more skills and stuff... Um, you basically have to explore and stuff, and which is what I do anyway, because exploring is like the best part about Xenoblade. But um, it feels extra rewarding because instead of getting, you know, you get your items as usual and stuff, but you also get like like ability points, and you could put that into stuff, and you get like a whole bunch of progression trees just by exploring and just playing the game and stuff. And I really like that a lot. And I hope the next Xenoblade game really borrows a lot from this game's progression system because I I thought it was super addicting to to play. Um, and you know, I think Xenoblade in general is always really addicting to play because like it's just fun to explore and find all the bunch of hidden stuff but uh this game really rewards you for that um and yeah in terms of story it, it was great like you know it just really felt like it ended off this sort of saga of xenoblade 1 2 and 3 and i'm really excited to see where they go next with this series if, if it's even called xenoblade anymore like um but yeah i i am just loved future redeemed a lot it was it was super good everything i wanted uh and it really just capped off like xenoblade 3 just being like my favorite in the series so yeah future redeem Really goddamn good. Highly recommend playing it, but definitely play the first two if you're going to do that. <laughs> you, would, you would not appreciate it if you don't do that. <laughs> All right. So I guess the last game I'll talk about here is the Murder of Sonic the Hedgehog. You know, not that I don't want to talk about Bit Trip and uh, Counter Attack Uprising, but you know, they're they're good indie games, but you know, not games indie games that I necessarily fell in love with. They were just two extra games that I had to stack on here to make my top ten games list uh, for this episode. But uh, Murder of Sonic That Chalk, you know, it is a free to play April Fool's joke that they dropped this year, where it was just a visual novel and you got to see these Sonic characters interact with each other, uh, and it was fun. It was cute. You know, nothing too crazy, nothing too mind blowing or anything like that. But you know, if you like Sonic, you will like this. And if you haven't played it yet, you know, check it out. Uh, it will take you, I believe, like a few hours maybe three four hours at most but um you know it's just it's just another fun little thing that you could see sonic and friends do uh that's free on steam yeah it, it was a really good time like honestly like they they put more effort into it than they probably should have mm-hmm. in general you know it, it was written really well all the characters felt in character the art was really nice and it was just like yeah like a cute game to play through and stuff and um i i, I had a really good time playing it and i hope they do kind of more visual novel type stuff i think it's actually a really cool way to like say like do these sort of weird wacky sonic stuff honestly i would like to see more maybe like interactive like uh archie stuff like maybe they want to do mm-hmm. like bring like comic sonic but like as a more like I guess interactive thing, I, th- I think that would be really cool. But um, either way, this might just be a one-off thing. But uh, if we do get more, uh, I'd love to see more because I-, I thought it was a really fun time as well. Uh, but yeah, I guess I'll talk about my last two games here. Uh, these two were really hard. Like these two slots were like really hard to pick. You know, like I said, there was a ton of great games this year. You know, I was debating honestly putting Persona 5 Tactica here or uh, <laughs> Mario, uh, Mario RPG Remake or Metroid Prime Remaster. You know, there was a bunch of games like maybe Diablo 4 was maybe I was considering it, but I kept thinking about these two games the most. And I just I'm like, OK, I think they deserve to be here. So uh, for my ninth pick, I picked Dead Space Remake. So Dead Space Remake was really good. I, I basically put this game on out on a whim where it's just like I kept hearing how good it obviously my, my brother's a huge fan of Dead Space so I, I always knew how good those games were uh, and sort of me kind of being more into survival horror games now I guess like you know I played RE2 before this and I played I, I wouldn't really I guess Last of Us counts as one but I won't kind of as big as <laughs> it's more story based but yeah. I'm like okay I'm, I'm starting to like these games a lot 
Uh, so I just decided, right, fuck it, I'll buy Dead Space Remake. And yeah, the game was fucking great. Um, you know, it's a lot more action-based than something like Resident Evil 2 Remake, where that game is a lot more like, you know, like you're weak and shit and you gotta like, run around <laughs> like stuff. Uh, yeah. Dead Space is, I know it's a lot more like uh, Resident Evil 4, which I have not played yet, and I really wish I did before this, but, you know, time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the game was great. Like, you know, it, it's scary as shit. Like, the Necromorphs are, like, <laughs> terrifying. Um, but you also are very powerful. Like, the game is just fun to play as well. Like, you have... Um, a really unique system where you have to cut off all their limbs or else they like just won't die. So you can't just like headshot. You got to cut off all their like arms and legs and shit. And it makes it some really cool gameplay and stuff. Um, you know, I just love how visual it is, like how the, the visual effects are. Obviously, it's like very gory and shit. It's very like bleak. It's very like mm-hmm. Alien 1. Like, you know, if you ever watch Alien 1, it's basically like that. Uh, and I, I just really dug the aesthetic as well. And apparently they added a lot of cool things to this remake that weren't in the original. Like they added like a lot of new story beats that my brother was telling me about where I'm like, oh, wow, I can't even imagine the game without that, those story beats. And um, Isaac talks in this one too, which he didn't do in the original game as well, which also adds to the game as well. So it was like like a lot more than just a re- Like they did a lot for this game mm-hmm. uh, that was like went above and beyond what most remakes do. So um, I think for that, uh, it was just really good. Like it's definitely like up there as one of my favorite survival horror games now, you know, I think RE2 still kind of beats it because, you know, it does the survival horror stuff, like, better, but in terms of, like, just an action game, I guess, as well, uh, this game is very good. I- I'm really excited to see how RE4 stacks to it because, uh, you know, I know that's another big sort of, like, survival horror game with action that's also really good, but, um, yeah, Dead Space remake was was really good. I-, I highly recommend it to anyone that, I guess, wants to get a little spooked, but it's also really fun. And last, I, I really didn't think I would put this game here, but Final Moving Gage... <laughs> I kept thinking about this game the whole fucking year. Like, I was like, I've never felt... I, I, I don't know if I... I know the, the game is good. The game is really good. Like, gameplay-wise, like, this is, like, the best fighting game I've played, gameplay-wise. Story-wise, is absolute dog shit. <laughs> like, I'm like... <laughs> like, it, it's it's fine. Like, there's some fine elements to it. Like, I do like the mm-hmm. characters and stuff, but it's very tropey. Like, it's very anime, which is fine. I like anime. But, you know, <laughs> it, after things like Three Houses, which I adore, like, that's one of my favorite RPGs ever, Um, it, it does feel a little off putting to get this game where I'm just like it's like the total opposite in terms of like story and stuff but uh, everything else this game does it does very very well like I think the the combat and just gameplay is is so good it all the maps are, are super well thought out like you really have to think about what you're doing with a lot of these maps because they introduce like new elements to go through like I feel like a lot of other Fire Emblem games especially Three Houses like I love Three Houses but the map design in that game is really boring like it's just like here's the open planes go kill each other and that's it this game it always introduced like new things to the map new things to look out for besides just like the enemies and stuff um, that makes it I, I, again pardon the pun but it's very engaging <laughs> um <laughs> Um, and also in terms of just other mechanics, the engage system itself is like a ton of fun. I thought this would be dumb as shit because it's just like, oh, you get like like a persona, but it's like it's like Chrom or whatever. But there's a lot of things you could do with it. Like you could like sort of like multi-class by taking their their skills and putting it on your character and then switch your emblem to a different character and get their skills. And you can make some of the most broken characters I ever made in a Fire Emblem game. Like my, some of my characters were critting every single attack and it was amazing. <laughs> Um, and yeah, like it's just like the build craft, the, the map design, the graphics are fantastic. Like the, the game looks great. Like there's probably some of the best sort of like anime aesthetics I've seen on like, I guess the switch. Um, I, like it just looks great. The music is also really good as well. There's just a lot going on for this game that I really like, but the story does bring it basically down to like 10, but everything else brings it up to the top 10. So it's lucky to be here because <laughs> there was a lot of great <laughs> games. 
like uh, I was really close to being either this or Persona Five Tactica, but I feel like in terms of gameplay, this definitely is like like ten out of ten. Like the gameplay is so good. I, I think you would like this game a lot as well. Like if you liked Awakening, I think this borrows a lot from that game as well. Um, and you can just skip the story because who gives a shit? Like I think like the yeah. gameplay is like very good. <laughs> so yeah, overall, I think Fire Emblem Engage is really good. And if you wrote it off because the story is bad or it's like it looks too anime, I, I definitely recommend just giving it a shot because I, I think gameplay wise, it, it's. My it's definitely my favorite Fire Emblem in terms of gameplay. So yeah, yeah. I mean, honestly, I've only played the Fire Emblem series for the gameplay. You know, hot take yeah. here. You know, I don't really play for the story here. So I mean, I, I feel like most Fire Emblem games stories aren't that great. Like I feel like Awakening was fine. Fates was mm-hmm. not great. Um, <laughs> and Shadows of Valencia was like pretty good story wise. But Three Houses was the first one. I'm like, oh shit, like this shit is like good story wise. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, Fire Emblem Engage, I, I do think you would enjoy quite a bit. Yeah, Fire Emblem as a series, it's been a while since I've really gotten into them. You know, I tried to get into Fates because Awakening is still, like, my favorite. That was, like, my gateway into it. And then I tried to play Three three Houses or whatever. Uh, yeah. But, you know, time and everything, I was still in college. So, you know, and it's kind of hard to, you know, tell myself, all right, now let me get back into this. But I know it's going to take me, like, however many hours till I get through it. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, maybe I'll check out Engage. Maybe I won't. We'll see. You know, time, time is obviously of limited value. But, yeah, that's pretty much our top 10 games of the year you know like we've said hundreds of times uh, during this episode you know 2023 has been a phenomenal year for gaming and i hope that uh, 2024 is able to keep it up i doubt we're gonna get this many big hitters especially with surprises like Baldur's gate 3 coming out of the goddamn woodworks where it pretty much took the games industry by surprise and everyone was literally playing it everyone heard about it and if you didn't hear about it then yeah, i guess you're not really a true gamer uh joking aside but yeah <laughs> yeah like i mean next year i'm fucked too because you got persona 5 reload there's a uh, i'm sorry persona 3 reload they got Final Fantasy Rebirth. You got that other Atlas game they're making. Uh, the 14 expansion is coming. There's like four JRPGs that are like going to be long as shit <laughs> coming out next year. So I, I'm so screwed. Like next year is also going to be a year for me. Like I don't know for everyone else, but for me that loves JRPGs, I'm fucked. <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and we will talk about more about our most anticipated games uh, next episode. But is there anything no. else you would like to add? Good sir. No, that's everything. All right, so thank you guys for listening to the Travis and Damien Podcast, episode 128. We will see you guys two weeks from now with another episode. Later.